welcome back to the Carpangler Chronicles podcast. Before I jump into what we'll be covering on today's episode, remember that we're going to soon going to be doing a prize draw for loads of stuff. We're saying it's going to be worth at least 50 quid. The reality is it's probably going to be worth near 100 odd quid. Um, so if you want to be entered into that prize draw, there's no catches or anything. We're just giving it away. Um, to enter, what you have to do is leave us a review on whatever podcast app it is you listen uh, to us on. Then obviously we've got your details and you'll be automatically entered into the prize draw. doesn't matter if you leave that review now or if you've already left one, you know, months ago, you'll all be entered into the to the prize draw. So make sure you do that to be in with a chance of winning the prize. On today's episode, back by extreme, extreme demand, we've got Dean Towie. Now, hopefully you've all listened to our previous podcast episode with Dean. Um, if you haven't, and if you don't know who Dean Towie is, he owns a bait company called Scientific Baits. And in my opinion, he's one of the few people you could actually call a genuine bait expert. A lot of people might talk like they're bait experts, profess to be bait experts. Um, but in my honest opinion there's there's not many true experts out there but i definitely class dean as a true expert he certainly knows his stuff so dean welcome back to the podcast awesome to have you back mate good evening sam nice to be back you're out fishing aren't you dean you're on the bank yeah i'm live on the bank for this one i'm uh i'm actually um fishing a little day ticket water uh in stoke not far from where i live uh, Melbrick Fisheries, so have a look at them on Facebook. They've got a website as well. It's it's not a bad water actually. I, I know the I know the lad that owns it, and I know the bailiff. I uh, grew up with them. Don't fish it an awful lot, but um, there's a hell of a stock of fish in here. There's 200 carp in four acres, uh, over 150 20s, 30 30s. It's about 37 pounds, so it's not bad. It's a lot of fish, mate. That is a lot. Yeah, of it's uh, it's actually nowhere near as easy as it seems as as you'd think it would be on paper. It's not. It's not. It doesn't throw them up for fun. Although there's been quite a few out this last few days, but it can be quite. I've only fished it a few times, but I've uh, I've caught from here. So yeah, see what happens. I've got two nights ahead of me. Yeah, you do you usually usually fish a syndicate or club waters. Um, you always go day ticket. I've no, no. I don't, I don't fish day tickets much, to be honest with you. Um, last week I was fishing over at um, Derby, Pride of Derby. I'm in that club, um, and that's uh, it's sort of a two-tier club. They've got two waters that are on like what they call the premium ticket, and there's a waiting list for those, and they're they're exceptional waters. And last week I was on there on a guest session on the biggest pit, uh, Pride. 18 acres out of, and out of 30 so yeah it was, it was quite nice but i'll be actually getting that ticket next year because i've been waiting for it for six years so um so yeah i'll be fishing on there come july next year yeah very nice very nice mate yeah. have you got got a few beers on the go for this episode just crack the first one open sam nice mate i've waited i've waited especially normally oh, yeah. on the bank on yeah normally on the bank i normally crack one after after i've had my tea but i've uh i've had some nice uh chicken thighs and uh, a bit of rice and then i've just thought oh, i'll crack the first one open as soon as we start the 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 discussion so yeah i'm honored mate what are you drinking well you might laugh tonight i'm actually <laughs> I'm a big fan of aldi i am i do quite a lot of shopping in aldi and i do sometimes buy me beer from there and i'm on uh galahad which is aldi's lager tonight galahad do you know what yeah. that yeah the people that listen to this uh regularly 
they'll remember us talking about that back in the day we used to have uh saint etienne saint Seth, yeah they still do that that's their mm. version of stalin yeah 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 we, yeah we got on that when it first came out god knows how long ago that was um we were fucking skint, mate. <laughs> Real skint back then. <laughs> but when when the times were really bad, we had to we had to do the we had to go for the Galahad, which at the time were probably about two quid for four, maybe. Still or... are, still are, are they? Now. I can get twenty four. I can get twenty four cans from there for just over twelve quid. <laughs> Bloody hell! But I am a tight bastard anyway. I mean, t- I'll be quite honest with you. It's quite a nice drink. It's the same strength as Carling, and I quite like it. So I buy, I buy that quite often if I go in there. Yeah, Carling and and Carlsberg. I, I just can't. I don't like them. I'll drink them. Don't get me wrong. I'll drink anything. Yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm a bit. I'm a bit of a lager lout, to be honest with you. Yeah, I do like the odd Guinness. I had some Guinness last week. I was I was, I was in two minds whether to get some Guinness, but I just gone for the Galahad tonight. Yeah, good man. Easy drinking, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it'll do. Yeah. Oh, Pete is uh, not with us at the moment. <clears throat> just to let the listeners know, uh, but he's hoping to jump in. Um, I think he's in a business meeting uh, or something like that, so he might well be jumping in in a little bit. Um, uh, he is posh, though, isn't he, Pete? I mean, yeah, he's, he's probably p- proper posh, posh Pete. Pete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, proper posh, probably trying to be fashionably late or something. Yeah, yeah, um, possibly. Possibly. He he said it was a meeting, but I actually know for a fact he's um he, he's joining this vegan club, and, and they're talking about different soya products and he's all into his soya at the minute so that that's what it's really about but yeah we'll to good, to good ingredients <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how good it is for humans to be honest with you <clears throat> it's estrogenic in uh in men so basically if you have a lot of soya, change it to a woman does it change it to a woman yeah yeah in, increase well we all have estrogen but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah production yeah it's not good stuff it's not good but he's yeah. he's all into that kind of stuff at the minute yeah. his phases but yeah so i mean you you're obviously you're, you're fishing it's as we record this it's getting towards the arse end of october it's the 21st of october so obviously the water temperatures are starting to cool do you do anything different at this time of year, mate? Do you change your baits up? Do you change your strategy? Do you, do you impart anything new that you perhaps haven't been doing over the summer? Um, it's water dependent, really, uh, for, for me personally. But uh, with regard to the actual baits that I sell and make, um, the fish meal baits that I sell, um, I drop the oil content right down. Um, I, don't change, I don't change the base mixes at all. Mm-hmm. So I always make them. I always make them as digestible as possible. Anyway, but the actual additional oil that I put into the baits, I drop that down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I sell a couple of fish meal baits, and in fact, I've just started testing another one as well because I'm always playing about with something. Um, and the actual the actual fish meal baits that I sell, they will catch fish in the winter, and they've and they've caught lots of fish in the winter, but they're not the best two baits that I sell for the winter. We'll, we'll come on to that a bit more, but you, you, the best ba- the best bait for the summer is definitely not the best bait for the winter. Um, yeah, but a good bait will catch all year round. You know, a good fish meal should catch all year round. Um, well, I I always think it you kind of compromise, and it, it if you've got like your bait that's optimized for you know spring, summer, autumn, whatever, and then you're using that in the winter, but you it's surely that's just not optimal is it it's uh well i can't think of the word that i'm looking for but it's it, you're compromising it aren't you somewhat yeah, i mean i think 
I think I think there's a few factors really. Um, the first one is people can sometimes call a bait no good in, in in the winter or the cold the cold weather the cold water conditions. But what what they've got to ask themselves really is is there any fish coming out of that lake? If there's no fish coming out of that lake and nobody's catching any fish, then you're on a crap winter water, mm. um, and you're probably not going to catch a great deal on anything other than maybe maggots for a few months. Um, but on some waters where my bait's been used extensively, I sell one bait. I mean, I will plug it. I sell one bait called the Super Orange, and it's a fish meal. It's a, it's a proper HMV fish meal style, spicy, all the rest of it. And that bait's caught droves of fish in, in the winter. But it's been going in all year, so the fish are already tuned into it. Yeah. They're on it. They've been getting caught on it. Uh, it the waters are quite good track records for the winter. And that bait still works. But if anybody actually asked me um, which are the best baits that I sell for the winter, I wouldn't say the Super Orange. But it's caught loads of fish in the winter. Mm -hmm. So I do say to people, if you've been putting it in all year, carry on using it until you stop catching. If you stop catching in November, maybe think about getting on something else if people are catching. But if you can keep catching throughout the year, loads of people have caught throughout the year on that bait and used quite a lot of it as well at times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, do you do you feel that well, I mean, I think there should be less protein in, in winter in an ideal bait. I think you probably agree with me. Do you, do you feel that the source of the protein changes? So perhaps milks are, are better in the winter than, than fish meals? Or do you think fish meals are still... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's, like, it's like when you're saying there should be less protein. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and <laughs> there's a few things involved in it. Um, a carp still got an amino acid requirement in, in the winter. Um, and and technically speaking, they can't digest proteins as well in the winter. But a good bait should be digestible anyway. Um, so, you know, and a good bait should never be too high in protein anyway. You know, you, you're looking around about, I mean, you'll see various figures. I mean, I've always worked on the amino acid profile if I'm looking to make a bait that's, a complete food source but you, you know you get you, you get your ballpark figures that don't go any higher than about 38 percent protein in the, in the overall bait uh, and and they'll still digest that much i mean they're not going to digest at all but they'll still get it through them um but yeah i mean to be truthful with you i think we touched on it last time um for the winter really i, I think the milk proteins are better and the bird foods um for various reasons various reasons but fish meals will still get digested in the winter good fish meal baits will still work in the winter mm. so for for what what reasons are they that you feel a bird food or a milk is better in the winter well the the the, the first one for the bird food i mean we are we're probably going over a bit of old ground here that we spoke about before but uh, as, as i say um <clears throat> the carp's got um sugar digesting enzyme amylase uh, fat digested enzyme and proteases. Now, now the most active enzyme um, in, in a carp's gut is the amylase. It's present at four times the levels of all, any of the other um, uh, enzymes. So, you know, logical thinking tells you straight away that once the water temperature drops and the fish's body temperature drops, because these enzymes have got um, optimal temperature ranges for activity that even if the temperature drops by 10 degrees, 
then the amylase is still going to be four times more active than the protease because there's four times as much of it there. And, and this is borne out in the fact that bird food baits are superb catches in the winter because they can digest them much better. I mean, they're generally coarser anyway, but they can actually wring out more nutrition from, well, I say more nutrition. They're getting, they're getting the sugars out, out of the bird food bait more efficiently than they're getting the proteins out. Mm. Of a, a protein bait, um, so so that's the, that's the main reason um, for the bird foods, uh, in my personal opinion. Plus the leakage factor; they do leak quite well. Uh, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, not every bird food's the same, same as not every fish meal's the same. Yeah. Um, but then uh, the ideal protein source is really for the winter. Um, you know, if you're going to stick with a fish meal and you're making your own bait probably up your pre-digested fish meal levels because it's it's soluble yeah uh, so it, go, it, it goes through it much better uh, and then your milk proteins as i said before all the caseins um although they do make firm baits the caseins once they're chopped up by the carp's teeth and they're in the gut because of the ph of the gut the caseins do become solubilized oh, in the gut so they're not, they're not going to have a problem with digesting those either so yeah yeah interesting very interesting pete is just uh pete's just joined us hey how you doing guys can you hear me evening pete yeah could hear you evening dean how you doing mate not too bad i've, I've heard you've uh, become a vegan pete yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's he been saying well it says, it says you're having some important meeting about soya proteins or something i don't know oh god here we go <laughs> that's <laughs> not even funny <laughs> yeah, you're enjoying this Sam I've started calling him soy boy because Pete soy boy soy boy he's, he's, uh, his arms are like withering away to nothing he's looking frail he really is oh yeah he's not he's not getting enough nutrition he needs to get yeah, some mate. bacon sandwiches down, bacon sandwiches down him steaks and stuff doesn't he it barely is growing at an alarming rate and his arms are just receding into nothing. <laughs> yeah. How you doing anyway, Pete? You right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm very good. Have you guys started recording already? Yeah, we're in, yeah, we're on, we're on in it. the throes of uh, protein digestion in the winter. Okay, cool. Yeah, what's your drink, Pete? Are you drinking, mate? Yeah, I am. Um, <clears throat> I've got, I've Sorry, got three... No, I've got three... Um, three different IPAs. So the last few pods, I've been having like the Harbour Brewery beers. So tonight I've got one called Puffin Tears. I've got Ellensburg Session IPA and another called Big Wednesday. So we should set up, it's like a book club, isn't it? We should do like a little review for the beers each week. I, I'm proper in the gutter here I am with this Galahad where I'm drinking. <laughs> oh mate, that's a, like an Aldi special, isn't it? You can't yeah, Aldi special, yeah. I just picked up a 12 box of Galahad from Aldi and I'm going to get them down me tonight. Yeah, it's all 12 by 18. Uh, well, uh, the plan was to make these last me tonight and tomorrow night, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, cool. You're on the bank, aren't you, mate? Yeah, I'm fishing. It's yeah. a nice night tonight, actually. The wind's, dropped down. the wind's dropped down a bit. It's a nice night. It's it nice sounds... Night. The audio's so clear, mate. You wouldn't have thought you were out on the bank. It must yeah, be still... Yeah, su- it's super quiet here and it's not windy at all now. Hmm. It mild up your way. It's not too bad. Yeah, it's quite good cloud cover tonight, so I don't think it's going to go that cold. To be honest with you. Mm, yeah, super mild down here, definitely. Yeah. Mm. 
but yeah, I guess you guys crack on from where you were. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, but apologies to the listener. Um, okay, mate. So you, you you said that you you alter the oil. Um, oh, so you drop the oil as well. Do you actually oil, alter the source of the oil in your mixes, Dean, or not? No, but I would do if I was using a fish oil. Oh. Um, I've I've used um, I've used all sorts of oils over the years, to be honest with you. And I've actually come to the conclusion it doesn't really matter which type of oil you use. It doesn't make much difference to the bait because, uh, as we spoke about before, um, carp can't detect an actual oil molecule anyway. So. Mm-hmm. The, the oil, I, I add the oil for a couple of reasons, really. It's one's nutrition, because uh, it just gets a bit of uh, extra of the oils in, the omega-3 and omega-6 that the carp need. Uh, two, it helps it to roll. Um, and then three is that if you put a bit of oil into your bait, it's a vehicle for transmitting the particles around that the fish can detect. So it'll carry a bit of the protein up with it or you know, a bit of whatever, the, the attractors and all the rest of it. So, yeah, oils are worth adding to your bait, but a lot of fish oils will solidify in, col- in cold weather. Lots of fish oils. Yeah. Um, now, I don't use fish oils anymore. Um, I actually just use soya oil, uh, and it doesn't really solidify to any great degree. It, it's, it's, it's pretty good all year round. Uh, the vegetable oils are much better than the fish oils, I think, personally, for the cold weather. You know, hemp oil is your classic one that people talk about, but there's lots of other vegetable oils that, that are equally as good. Yeah, I I used to use uh, toasted sesame oil in the winter. Yeah, that yeah, that's one that a lot of people use. Yeah, I've never used that one to be honest with you. Mm, smells nice and, and nutty, nice kind of nutty aroma. Yeah. What do you what do you think about um, fat soluble vitamins? Is is that an issue with carp or not? Well, yeah, I mean they need all they need all the vitamins. Um, in what respect do you think it might be an issue? I, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm just asking. Uh, in, in uh, no, 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 no. I mean, you know, A, A and D is your fat-soluble vitamins. So um, if you've got soya in there and fish meal, I can't see there being a problem. Um, obviously, if you're adding vitamin supplements and all the rest of it. I think, um, I think uh, actually, I, I'm when you, when you actually said that, I'm glad you've actually said that because I do actually think that a bait that's high in vitamins is better in the winter for various reasons. And not every bait is the same with its vitamin content. Obviously, if you're adding an additional uh, vitamin supplement, then you can bolster that. But there is lots of ingredients that you can use to make baits that are far richer in vitamins than others. Your bird foods is your classic examples. Yeah, lots of lots of those are already supplemented with vitamins, uh, and they are particularly good for getting a bait that's high in vitamins. I mean, I mean the bird food bait that I sell, um, I've not had it laboratory analysed, but. I would probably say with some um, confidence that that's going to be the highest in, in vitamins. It's going to, the vitamin content of that bait is going to be the highest of all the baits that I sell, I would say. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> well, it's, it's vitamins A, D, E, and K that are fat-soluble. But I guess, I mean, it's impossible to make a fat-free bait. Well, it'd be bloody hard, wouldn't it? 
I mean, you've got eggs. If you're using eggs, you've got fat there, haven't you? Yeah, it's, a, it's impossible if you're using eggs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I suppose it's it's not something you really need to worry about, is it? Um, no. Uh, no, but, I mean, certain vitamins are attractive to fish anyway. Um, you know, the choline and stuff, they can, they can detect that. Um, pretty sure that at certain times of the year, although I don't think carp can detect vitamin C, I'm pretty sure that at certain times of the year, for whatever reason, um, they do like baits that have got lots of vitamin C in, and there are certain ingredients that you can use to get the vitamin C content up. Why do you think that is? I'm not 100% sure. Now, vitamin C is a very interesting um, vitamin, because um, depending on where you look, you will find that some sources suggest that carp can synthesize vitamin C and others say that they can't. Uh, the jury's still out because the, the, these are proper scientific studies and um, I still can't get a definitive answer on it, but I, I'm of the inclination that they can synthesize it, but I think they do need extra amounts at certain times of the year. Because um, lots of animals can synthesize vitamin C, but we can't. We're, the, we're one of the only ones that can't as well. Um, and I, but I think the carp can. I think the carp can synthesize vitamin C. But I think it's uh, challenging times of the year, probably spawning in the winter time. I think they do actually look for look for sources of vitamin C. Hmm. Interesting. It, it, do you think that's like their way of trying to fight their inflammation from 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 the yeah, yeah, I think. I, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Because, you know, um, vitamin C is crucial for growth and repair and protein utilisation. Um, and I'm sure it's probably got a protective effect in the carp, the same as it has for, for, for us. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think... Yeah, I mean, there's certain things that, um, that you can use and bake with vitamin C and especially like your robbing reds and your paprikas and your chilies and... They seem they do seem very good when it's cold. They seem very good in the winter, and yeah. and in the spring and in the spring, you know, when running up to the spawning and stuff. I mean, they're good all year, but uh, I mean, it's it's all conjecture, this. But um, but yeah, I I personally think that carp can synthesise vitamin C, and as I say, nobody can call me right or wrong because. I can point people to various sources that say they do and the various sources that say they don't. And uh, some, some say they've identified the pathway that they can do it. Others say they've identified the fact that they haven't got the pathway. So it's all up in the air, really. It's all up in the air. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Do, I mean, I was going to come on to this a little bit later. It's I've got a little short list of things I want to ask you. Um, one of them is, do you feel that carp can almost sense what what they're lacking or, or what they need and then go and seek it out i've thought about this a lot i thought about this. i i used to i used to be a firm believer in the hmv theory and obviously that points towards the fact that a carp knows what it needs to eat um and what it what it requires um now i'm not I'm not. I'm not a believer of this entirely anymore, but at the same time, I mean, this is probably going to be. Well, it, 
it, it might be a little bit too technical for people, but I, either way, I'll I'll chat about it. Um, animals have got the ability to. Um, well, we can do it as well. You can upregulate certain enzymes, uh, certain genes within your body, depending on the on the fed state of your body. So, for instance, uh, the, the best example that I can use um, is there is um, there's a transporter molecule, and it's 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 virtually ubiquitous. Well, it's ubiquitous. It's found all across the board. It's called PEPT1. Um, now, now this thing um, obviously is involved in protein utilization mm -hmm. now the interesting thing is that animals that are deficient in protein will have a higher level of expression of this particular gene so they'll have more of this molecule in the body obviously for the reason so that they can extract more protein out of anything that they eat so that leads you to them to think it's that's virtually a, a way of the fish responding to its needs so, so in that respect, I do think fish do gravitate or in some way modify their behavior or the, the body in order to meet the requirements that they need at that particular time. Because, I mean, that's a fact. You can look that PEPT1 thing up, and, and, and that's a fact. That's, that's a true fact that uh, the, the expression of this particular gene will increase when the fish is deficient in protein so that the gut can extract more protein out of any food that it actually finds so so yeah i mean i don't know if i've answered that properly yeah. there but um, well you've definitely started to pept1 that's not a gene though is it that, that that's no it's a transporter molecule but the, 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 they can upregulate the gene because i don't forget every everything that's in your body is produced by a gene so the the gene gets upregulated, so it gets expressed more, and it produces, and you've got, got more more of the actual transporter molecule in in the gut. Gotcha. So it's just just an upregulation of a gene, gotcha. in order to make sure that these things are more prevalent in, in your digestive system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the and the PEPT one protein it, it's present, and I think we've got it. It's in loads of animals. Um. So yeah. Hmm. So is it just is it just that in the relation to proteins that that you feel that carp are tuned into and obviously amino acids, or do you feel that they can seek out um, other things that they might be lacking, different vitamins or minerals, as an example? Well, yeah, but I mean, you can't rule anything out. You can't rule anything out because if that can happen for one thing, um, then obviously there's you know. I mean, you've introduced me as a bait expert, whatever. Nobody's, nobody knows everything about everything. I mean, um, now, if like, the, the particular example that I know I can state is the PEPT1. Now, probably if I dig deep enough and spend the rest of my life studying fish, which I probably will, um, I dare say I'll uncover something else for um, a choline receptor, uh, which is a vitamin, or something for uh, maybe... A receptor that's more responsive to certain minerals or I mean minerals are not particularly difficult for fish to find um, at all uh, and it's the same with I mean the big one that I'll probably uh, put a cat amongst the pigeons with is salt now there's various extremely good anglers um, lots of people talk about salt and they say carp need salt in the springtime and all the rest of it and 
to be honest with you, scientifically speaking, that's not true. Uh, I'm not saying that the salting business doesn't work. It's not something that I've tried. I do put salt in all my baits. Um, but a carp needs salt 12 months of the year, not just at spawning time. And I can't see any evidence why that like, carp would need more salt at spawning time. Because if a carp's got no salt, a carp's dead. So a carp always needs salt, uh, you know, so it can keep its osmotic balance. Um, now, that doesn't mean to say that this business about throwing all this rock salt in and salting baits up and all the rest of it doesn't work. I mean, I have salted baits up, hoop baits in particular, and they do work. But I've actually thought about this quite a lot over the last couple of years. And I personally think that this rock salt, remember this is not normal table salt, this is rock salt. It's got minerals in and all the rest of it. Now, I personally think that this stuff is attracting through this ionization, like our flavors work and all the rest of it, because it's got minerals in. So it's got ions in there uh, reacting with the water. And I, I, I personally think that this is a big part of this salt business. And I am going to have a play around with this salt business, definitely this spring. I've been saying it for the last two years, but I'm going to do it. I've got, I've got a syndicate water that I'm in. So yeah. I'm going to be fishing that this winter. And I'm going to start introducing salt around about late February to a few spots. And I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to see if I think, if I think something's happening. But I, I personally think it's because this rock salt's got minerals in. So it's not a pure salt. It's an impure salt. Um, and I think it's reacting with the water. And that's one of the... I mean, there is other studies that, that indicate that salt does increase the palatability of things and it does increase the carp's receptors or should I say it makes them more sensitive to certain amino acids and all. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that salt is definitely a non-starter uh, because as I say, I do put salt in, in baits, do use salty additives. It definitely does work. But this thing about the carp needing um, extra salt in the spring, it was pointed out to me a long time ago by somebody else uh, well, it wasn't completely pointed out to me. Uh, it just gave me a nudge in the right direction. And when I looked at it, I thought, yeah, actually, you know. I mean, this thing about they can absorb salt through the skin, that, that, that's that's wrong. Um, it all goes on through the gills. They've got active salt transporters. It, it couldn't go through the skin. It's impossible. Like when people see carp covered in this clay, flanking in clay and all, it's not so they can absorb uh, salts and all the rest of it. It's, you know. Well, Parasites. It's, yeah, it's just, it's anecdotal evidence. And I mean, carp like rubbing on different things. You know, you do see them covered in clay and stuff. But, but you know, they, they will dig clay anyway, um, possibly for the minerals and all the rest of it. Uh, but it goes into the mouth, you know. So, so, so a couple of things there. I mean, just to put it in real, like a non-scientific idea across to you, I think the females, I mean, the eggs do contain sodium, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. they need a little bit more salt. That I think the males are obviously racing around, so they will probably need more electrolytes in general because of that. I don't know whether that that that's maybe a slight but, cause of it. I don't know. No, now they do have to obviously because um, of the process of spawning, where the carp, the the, the female, uh, as far as I understand it, the, the female does take on a lot of water the time when it's ready to get rid of the eggs then there is something going on with the the osmotic balance in the carp's body but um, that's compensated for 
by the actual corpse body and not by the salt content, if you get what I'm saying. Um, because it's all under the control of hormones and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, I, I personally don't think um, a carp needs an additional salt uh, source at sporting time. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't argue with the results of some guys like Mark Holmes and all the rest of it. Uh, you know, he's an extremely good angler. I spoke to Mark many times. But from... I mean, we'll see. We'll see if I, if I do this sort of thing. I mean, you can only go on what you've done yourself, which Mark does, and nobody can argue what Mark catches. Um, he's an extremely successful angler. But scientifically speaking, I have not seen any evidence that carp need extra salt at spawning time. Mm. So just switching gears slightly, <clears throat> MSG is obviously spoken yeah, about. Yeah, it's a, a, it's a sodium, time. yeah. I mean that that how how do you feel about that particularly with the palatability? Do you believe that is a worthy ingredient of of bait? No, that's a, that's a superb superb additive. Mm. That is a superb. That is a superb enhancer. Uh, well, I think we spoke about this last time. It's it's a short range attractor for me because it's soluble. It's uh, an amino acid derivative, and it, and it is actually proven that the carp has a, has a taste receptor. Um, that uh, that matches it perfectly, so it's scientifically proven. You got some people that say it isn't, but they're not looking in the right places. It is. It's. It, I mean, Rod Hutchinson said it years ago before even science even touched on it, and he was right. Um, that is possibly one of the best commonly known and answers that anyone can put on the bait, and it costs next to nothing. It's, you know, you've got to be careful the le- the levels. Um, you don't need an awful lot of it. Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. But it's not good because it's salty. It's good because it's the amino acid derivative. Mm. Yeah, glutamic acid, right? Yeah. Um, didn't he have a, was it Taste Plus or something that that was some kind of palatant? I can't remember the name of it. And basically that was mostly MSG. Are you familiar? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, I'll be totally honest with you. I haven't bought many of these things over the years. Uh, I used to keep my bait making very simple when I first started. Not 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 simple in the construction of the baits, but additional additives um, weren't really a thing that I used to use massively in the early days, apart from greenlet mussel. Um, I mean, to be truthful with you, I probably missed a trick because once I did start using them, I realized how good some of them were, especially when these things only cost you two pence, two pence a kilo. And the difference mm. it makes to your bait is, is phenomenal, really. Two pence a kilo? How much? Yeah, you if, you, if you, if you, sorry? How much are you buying to get it at two pence a kilo? Yeah, if, if I put MSG in, in my baits at the required levels, it cost me about two pence per kilo. Oh, I thought you meant you were buying a kilo of MSG for two. No, 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 no. <laughs> if I use it at the right levels, it probably puts the price of the bait up by two pence. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, and, and anybody who makes their own bait, it won't cost them much more than 10 pence. No, 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 no. Pete, you used a lot of MSG, didn't you? Yeah, I have done in the past. I, I really rate it. Yeah, um, superb, Pete. Yeah, very good. With, with salt, Dean, do you, do you use it... <clears throat> For like other functions in the bait as well, like for it's obviously it's like quite hygroscopic and it absorbs water in. Um, I know there's a term for it, isn't there, where you're absorbing the water in from the lake and in turn it's pumping out there. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
To be honest with you, with the salt, I mean, when I, when I actually first sat down and thought about it, I just thought straight away, I've always used salt in bait as long as I've ever used fish meals because there's, there's lots of salt in fish meal. Mm-hmm. You know, fish meal is an extremely salty ingredient. Um, and that's, you know, so anybody who uses fish meal uses, uses a salty bait. Um, obviously, kelp, seaweed, whatever, naturally salty. Um so yeah, I mean, the, the, one of the liquids that I use is extremely salty. Um, it's a very good liquid. Uh, I mean, salt just salt does work. It, it really does work. Um, as I say, I think I personally think it, it's a slight. I think that I think there's a slight enhancement of um, the chemoreceptors when the salt's around. Uh, I mean, we could go into that a little bit more, but. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we could actually go into that in detail if we want to talk about cold weather because it's quite important in the cold, really, to talk about that. It's quite, it's quite in depth, but it's it, it gives people some idea of what they're dealing with with the carp in cold weather, cold water compared to one in the summer, and why they can't get their head around things working well in warm water and not working well in cold water. Yeah, go for it if you, if you're happy to sort of go into it. Yeah, well. Um, well, obviously, um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know where to start. Really, obviously, the carp's chemoreceptors, um, they're they're made up of amino acids, yeah, because the the they're proteins, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, now, if you've got a basic understanding, the the best thing I could talk about uh, for an analogy is um, the digestive system. Most people have done this at school, apart from people who never went to school. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 the, and, the, and the system that they tell you about at school is for the enzyme and the substrate is the lock and key mechanism. So, you know, you've got your, you've got your lock, which is your, um, your, pro, your protein digesting enzyme, and then your key is your protein that you've eaten. So your, your key fits into your lock and then that's where the business goes on and the enzyme breaks it down. Um, now that's exactly the same. That's exactly the same as how a carp's receptor detects uh, an agonist, uh, something that um, stimulates the receptor. Now, obviously, um, anything that's composed of amino acids, um, the configuration of these pockets, if you like, um, these chemoreceptors it changes with ph so that's why you'll get different waters different phs and you, and you might think oh that bait doesn't seem to work quite as well on there or that attractor doesn't work quite as well um, so the, the, these things change configuration slightly uh, dependent on the ph of the lake and also the temperature so you know um, that's a big factor in in the cold weather and the attraction stakes with carp that's a that's a big factor because the shape of these chemoreceptors is slightly changing so i think that's the explanation for the change in the carp's preferences in, in the colder weather so is it see my my uh, understanding i'm going back to sort of a level biology which i sort of did half of and then flunked um so with with that with, with it sort of um it's slowing down or you're saying sort of like the lock and key and it, and it changing. 
is the actual so what's changing there is it the actual the chemo receptors themselves because of the cold weather or the yeah, protein the, structure yeah yeah well what what happens um if you like let, let's let's just call um the receptor that let's just say it's got a pocket and, and this pocket obviously only reacts to certain keys so if you like you'll have certain ones that will only react to certain amino acids or other molecules. Now, if the shape of that pocket changes because of the pH, which affects all things that are protein, mm -hmm. or, or because of the temperature, then obviously the key shape changes. So a different molecule can produce the same reaction in the same, in the, in the same receptor. So in other words, a receptor that's been responsive to something highly in the warm water might all of a sudden become responsive to something that it wasn't reactive to when the water goes cold. Okay. So, so that makes sense. So, so how would you apply that to your bait then? Well, it, it, it's just, uh, I mean, I've probably overcomplicated things there, but uh, I mean, that's probably, that's probably the best illustration I can think of to, to get people thinking about why different things work better in different water temperatures, different baits or different formulas or different additives, you know, because mm -hmm. carp have definitely got um, altered taste preferences in cold weather. Um, you know, they'll still respond to the same things, but um, probably not to the same degree, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you on that one for sure. Mm. Where's <clears throat> Sam gone? She's got a bit quiet. No, Sam will be lurking. I'm here, mate. <clears throat> I'm here, sitting back, just enjoying been, my he's beer. Just, he's, just, he's just been getting a beer out of the fridge, he has. I've been, <laughs> I've been sipping it. I didn't introduce my beer, actually. I'm still... Oh, no, what are you on? Yeah, Doom Bar and Atlantic Pale Ale. Both of them are Cornish ales. Mm. And I've got a lot of them. <laughs> no, 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 no spirits tonight? No, no spirits, no. No, no spirits at all. Just on the beers. Being a good boy, then, are you? Yeah, absolutely. That's the idea. Um, I tell you what, just just switching gears once more. Um, kind of on the same track. I think you mentioned in the last podcast, Dean, that um, for some reason you touched upon citric acid, and you said I might have this wrong. I didn't double check, so apologies if I do have it wrong. But I think you said it's been. It hasn't been proven to be. Oh no, 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 no! You got that wrong. I got it yeah, wrong. It's, yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a well-known. Um, yeah. Gustatory um, stimulant, citric acid. Does. I don't oh. think. I don't think anybody actually knew. I've never read anything uh, about why it is until. I mean, I am. I am blaming and trumpeteer, but I wrote an article about it. A while ago, uh, and there's a good reason for it. Really, it's quite logical why citric acid is a good, uh, a good taste, taste additive for, for carp. Yeah, it's, it was on the um, amino acid uh, paper by Morsey and the community. Yeah, there's there's loads of them. Yeah, they're the ones that you can find the easiest. But yeah, it's a it's a classical taste substance anyway, and it, and it does it does work in carp. They respond very well to citric acid. See, I thought you said that it hasn't been hasn't been proven to be attractive. Oh, no, no. Citric acid has, yeah. Citric acid has. If it wasn't that, maybe I'm confusing it with vitamin C then. Would you have said it about yeah, that? Yeah, you probably are, yeah. I've never, found any, I've never found any information to say that carp can detect vitamin C. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that's right, isn't it? I think, didn't, didn't we have a question once? I think you were having a conversation with somebody, Sam, um, in one of our sort of DMs about the use of citric acid um, with flavours and how it's actually a hindrance um, or organic acids and adding them and using them in um, with flavours and actually they're more of a hindrance than a, than a help. Is that right, mate? Yeah, we. I was having that chat, um, and I raised the point that they could be. And this this point was raised to me not that long ago by someone, and I can't remember his name, and I do apologise for that. Um, but basically, this guy was saying, you know, you, you should be careful with citric acid because it, when using flavours, because it could well be already contained within the flavour. And then, of yeah, course, that, that's true. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it makes to makes total fucking sense. Like I mean, I think citric acid. Am I right in, in saying that could even be present in a um, essential oil? Uh, no, probably not. I don't think it's in any essential oils. Not not any that I've studied anyway. No. Hmm. How? So it that that gets removed due to the the processing of of the plant matter. Yeah, I mean they're all made in different ways. Some, some, are, some are steam distillation, some are cold pressed. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. I mean, actually, when you say that, you know, uh, I could be wrong there because I wouldn't be surprised if there is some citric acid in certain essential oils. I've never really looked for it because I'm looking for other molecules when I'm looking at citric acid. Uh, when I'm looking at essential oils. Mm. Uh, I have got a, a, a very extensive book on um, essential oils, and I'll, I'll look that up for you. I will look that up, and I'll get back to you on that one. Can you name they, the book it, or not? Uh, yeah, the book is called. Um, let me think now. It's not even. A, it's not a bait book or anything. It's got a wacky title. I think it is called. Oh, I'm trying to think. It's it's a very it's a very, it's actually written by um, a scientist who's also very religious and 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 the title of the book is something like God's Mystery and Molecules or something like this and it's it's basically the Bible on essential oils. It's it's about two inches thick and it's got the breakdown of every essential oil known to man. And it's got loads of information about essential oils. It really is a good book. But obviously, lots of it isn't relevant to carp angling. Um, well, I say that. Uh, lots of it's talking about the benefits for aromatherapy and all the rest of it. Um, but it's a very useful book. I'll, I'll I'll get the name of it when, when I actually look up this citric acid thing and uh, get back to you. Yeah. Uh, it is available, this book is. Um, online uh it's about 20 it's about 25 quid which for a big thick book like that i mean i i actually bought it um because i wanted to know um which essential oils have got the best levels of the things in that the carp can detect when i'm doing the research for which essential oils that i want to use or investigate um and, and actually, to be truthful with you, when I actually looked at the uh, reference material, it did tie in with what I'd found practically, which essential oils should be, which essential oils are the best on paper 
and which ones are in a fishing situation. So it really did cement that for me because it, it, it rang true on every single instance. What is it that you're looking for in an essential oil? Uh, I, as I spoke about before, <clears throat> um, I mean, this book talks about all of it, and this is where you get the main, the, this is where you get your real solid information. Um, the only things that you want to be bothered about in your essential oil from an attraction point of view, that's not to say everything, is the esters, the ester content, mm. carboxylic acids, or the phenols. They are the three things that can ionize in the water and so, produce the attraction from the essential oil. Yeah. So, I mean, ester flavors is something I used to use a lot. Ester Ben 12, mm. I did loads of different ones. Yeah. If you were me, would you be worried or cons- or give thought to using a blend of ester flavors or even one ester flavor in conjunction with an uh, essential oil that contained esters? As no. in, could I overdo the esters? No, no, no. no. Can't. No. Uh, you can't really. I mean, I, I can remember years ago when, when, the, fir- when the forums first started and, uh, you know, pe- people would talk about using um, liquid flavors at like 10, 10 mil per egg. And some people on there, uh, who'd been car fishing a long time, would say, like, Jesus, uh, how can you get a bite on that? Um, and what you've got to remember is, this, this is for hook baits. I mean, this isn't for feed baits. So basically all you're doing there is you're just, you're just bolstering the attraction levels. And obviously if there's esters in there, then that can react with the water anyway. And and, and to be totally honest with you, um, you can go higher than 10 mil per egg with some things. Um, and, and and I even sell, I even sell an actual feed bait now, um, and I've only I've only started making it in the last. Well, I started making it this time last year. Uh, I sell one particular. Um, I call them impact pop-ups. They're, they're like my higher trap pop-ups, if you like, the bright ones and stuff. Uh, and I sell one um, that was basically, it was basically self-indulgence. I, I'd got three favorite flavors over the years that I'd used. And, uh, and I just said to one of the lads one day, I'm going to make a pop-up with, with, with all those attractors all together. And he said, why? I said, well, they're all superb on their own. So I'm going to, I'm going to make something with all three of those uh, flavors mixed in together. And uh, I made them and, and they've caught loads of fish. I've been making them for seven years. And then, Obviously, people people buy these these hook baits off me, and um, and there's two, um, there's that one and another one that I've been making for even longer. And and, and last year, um, a couple had said to me, "Well, caught loads of fish here on these pop ups. Um, can you make can you make a bait, a, a bottom bait to match it?" And I just said, uh, "Yeah, actually." Yeah, I can't, I can't see any reason why why I can't. I said, but I'll have to make a new base mix for it. So because for it to come out in a bright color, um, you've got to get the base mix right. You know, there can't be any mm-hmm. fish meal in there or whatever. So so anyway, I've made this bait, uh, and I've done it nutritionally. Uh, I, it isn't a crap bait. It's not. It's not just basically a bit of soy, a bit of semo, maybe a bit of egg alps, firm it up or whatever. So I've made it. I've made it. I made it very nutritional, and I've used a, a new ingredient in it. One of my suppliers is always getting new ingredients, 
uh, and it's um, it's a Danish pig feed based on soya. It's like a modified soya. It's not as high as your soya isolates and stuff. I think it's about 53% protein. So I thought, oh, I'll try that because it's a it's a nice light colour, so it won't so it'll be easy to dye because these baits are bright. And uh, anyway, so I thought to myself, well, I'm going to have to keep these. Um, these attractors at fairly high levels if I, if I want a good replication of what these hoop baits are. Uh, and, the, and they're all strong attractors. And I'm actually using those attractors in, the, in that bait. Um, I mean, obviously, if there's people listening who make bait, then, then they'll, they'll understand this. I'm actually using those attractors. I'm thinking, I think it's 15 mil. So there's 15 mil. I mean, you can, you can go that high with certain flavors, but not many. Um, I'm using 15 mil per six eggs. Well, I don't do it by eggs. I do it by weight. I'm using 50 mil of these attractors. Now, now, on, on this old school theory, people are saying, I mean, I've even heard Mike Wilmot say that, you know, you can ruin the bait by putting too much attraction. But uh, I went fishing. Uh, and and, and chaps, these chaps who've asked me to do this bait caught plenty of fish on it last winter. Um, and, I, and I went fishing, because um, I've done a bit of fishing the last couple of months on a few different waters i went fishing on a new gravel pit uh, in september and it was fishing hard it really was fishing hard there's some big fish in there uh, and I, I had one i had a fish um it was only 17 pound but i was quite happy because there was only one other fish off in, in the three days that i was there and that was just syndicate member fishing every week anyway um i'll get to the point in a minute so i put some, i put some of this bait in this this high attract if you like this bright orange bait uh Put it on a spot and um, kept trickling a bit in for the three days. And I didn't catch one off that spot. I caught one off another spot. Anyway, so I actually moved the rod that was on that, that spot with this orange bait on the last night uh, to another spot because I seen, seen more fish down, down towards the right. So anyway, I comes home after the session and, and I spoke to the chap who runs the lake because I thought, well, it's quite a nice place. So Because I, I, I was just there as a guest sort of thing. Uh, I thought it's quite a nice place, some big fish in there. It's not far from, from my house. It's just on a 45-pound common. So I inquired with him about uh, getting on the waiting list for the for the syndicate. And, uh, and it, you know, we had a little chat about it, whatever. And he said, uh, you know that orange bait? He said, you know that orange bait that you, that you showed me? Because he had a look at all the baits they've got with me. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, um, the chap who was on the point, which was – the other side of the island that I was fishing to. He said, when you left, he said, he had, he had 11 fish in, in, the, in his last two nights or whatever. He said, and uh, a few of them were shitting that orange bait of yours out. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I was close there. But yeah, I mean, and and, the, and the, the attractor levels are very high in that bait, you know. But if you actually taste one, it doesn't, it doesn't taste too bad. But it, I mean, it's much higher than what I'd normally use. I would never normally use... 15 mil of highly concentrated flavors per per six x that that sounds absolutely nuts 15 mil yeah 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 it's I mean, but <laughs> but you know the reason why i've done it is because i've done it to perfectly replicate these particular pop-ups i mean the pop-ups use the pop-ups use um 15 mil per egg <laughs> but you know i i that that's i, I kept it at the same ratio because that's that's one of the the things that you've got to do and are, are, um, the, are, the, are these fish eating this are they just eating 10 baits or are they wolfing down a load 
Well, they must have had to bet because there's more than one of them shitting it out. So, so yeah. they definitely, they definitely yeah. weren't put off by it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Interesting. You know, because I mean, I mean, I mean, as well, he, he knew straight away that it was definitely my bait because not many people use bright orange baits anymore. Not many people use bright orange baits, and he probably knows that most of the lads on his on his lake. Uh, and, and he's seen this bait of mine. He could probably even smell it because I think he might have even been there when the chap caught one and seen it shitting it out. And he, and he's just said to me straight away, all that. And I think it was one of the big ones as well, what was shitting this bait out. So I was pretty close on that one. I, I, I am kicking myself about moving the rod on the last night. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, do you feel that um, it's harder to overdo essential oils than it is flavors do, do you feel like you can get away with higher levels of essential oils than you can flavors or not i mean i'll be honest with you i mean it's very rare that I, i'll ever even look at um your bait company pages i mean i do i do because i'm only a small outfit i do actually buy some ingredients off, off bait companies purely and simply because i'm not big enough to buy say five ton of fish meal at a time so i just buy them through somebody else um, anyway, I mean, I, I have looked on, I won't name the, I won't name the, it's a big, it's a big bait fair. They sell ingredients and all that. Stuff, so people probably guess who I'm talking about. Um, and when I actually look at the suggested levels for some of the essential oils, I'm absolutely dumbfounded. I can't actually believe how much they're actually using or suggesting to be used. I mean, they're talking in milliliters with some of them, you know, I mean, you can get away with milliliters with some of them, but, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be putting essential oils in any baits to the levels what I've seen advised on some on some pages what I've seen on the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I use drops with most of them. Um, there is one that I use in milliliters. Um, it's mainly the cold pressed ones that you need higher levels because they're nowhere near as concentrated as the, as the ones that are extracted by steam distillation. So say say for a hook bait, right? I mean, it's, it's going to depend upon the essential oil, but say if you, if people, most people that listen to this, some of them are all, are all feed baits. A lot of them are all hook baits. So let's say, uh, we spoke about, um, orange oil in our last episode, right? Yeah. So say yeah. orange oil, how many drops would you say for a one egg mix of pop-ups? See like, now six drops, something like that. Yeah, that'll be that'll be enough because it's. I mean, if you if you actually work on twenty drops is a mil, twenty about twenty drops is a mil. I see some people say it's more, whatever. I work on about twenty drops okay. um, to to one mil. So so if you put in six drops in, you put in uh, what's that? Just um, under, just over a quarter of a mil. Yeah, just over a quarter of a mil. So so yeah, that's 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 acceptable. Well, I mean, I wouldn't worry anyway, particularly with hook baits, because all my hook baits are all boosted up before they go out the door. They're, they're all, they've all got elevated levels of everything, and they all get a boost up. But as soon as someone buys a pot, it comes off the shelf, gets a boost up, and bang, it either goes in the box or the person takes it away who's nipped into my unit. So, yeah, I mean, it's quite difficult to go over the top, but, I mean... I really can't believe some of the levels that I've seen, um, you know, when they're talking about five mil per six eggs of certain essential oils and stuff. And I'm thinking, Jesus, it's either a very poor quality essential oil or the bait's going to stink to high heaven. But it probably still won't put the carp off. But just from a, a practical uh, aside, you're probably wasting your money, to be honest with you. 
Don't be wasting your money. I mean, some essential oils are pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. So, oh, to loop with, I mean, I apologize to listeners. Like, the, these topics are so in-depth and there's so many different things and we have to loop back around. It's hard to make it all very, you know, flowy. Yeah, it's it, difficult. It, it, I know what you're saying, yeah. yeah. It, the nature of the beast, isn't it? Like, it's going to yeah. jump around a little bit. Um, so... Okay, so, so so back to what I was saying earlier about what I think Pete mentioned about um, citric acid being careful with that used in conjunction with fruit flavors because you could overdo the citric acid. Is that something that that you you think we should be aware? Am I on the right track with that? Well, I mean, you, the, the the problem is the, the problem you're going to get is I mean. The, the, the flavor house that I use now, as helpful as they are, and they are very helpful. I mean, I, I, I'll never use a product until I'm 100% happy with um, getting the answers that I want from it. So I don't expect anyone to divulge all the secrets because that's their business, same as my recipes and my recipes. Um, but you're never going to get... I mean, if you if you rung somebody up, but if you bought a bottle of flavour off somebody or whatever, and sent them an email or rung them, and uh, and asked them if um, there was citric acid in there, um, now now they might say yes, but they won't tell you how much. There's there's no chance in the world they'll tell you how much. So you you might as well not know, uh, because unless you know how much is in there, then you really are still none the wiser. Uh, you can go over the top with citric acid. You can go over the top with it. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, and, it, and it is something that if someone just thinks, oh, I'll start using citric acid and I'll start putting, let's say they're going to say they're going to start putting 50 grams in every kilo of baits, then I'm afraid to say they're probably putting the carp off at 50 grams. Mm. So. so, I mean, <clears throat> let, let, let's, sticking with the hook baits, right? Because, I mean, the, the fee bait is really, you know, it, it's relevant. It's something I want to talk about. But just sticking with what a lot of our listeners will be doing. Because I think most, a lot of people still make hook baits, don't they? I, I think less people. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Baits. Yeah. So let's say, I mean, what do most people do when they're going to make their own pop-ups? They'll add a flavor or, or two flavors. They might add an essential oil. You know, most people yeah. don't. Um, they'll add a sweetener. And they'll probably add some betaine and some citric acid, right? I, I think that's probably like a, a pretty standard. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even say that many people add, add, add the betaine and citric acid. Not, ma- not many who I know, anyway, who make their own baits. Not many of them add citric acid because they don't know the dosages. Mm. Well, I mean, well, okay, okay, fair enough. My question was going to be, do you feel that it's just a case of everyone's just lumping a load of things in just for the sake of it? Do you think they're right to do that, or do you think just adding lots of different things into a hook bait is probably counterproductive at some point? Yeah, it's the it's the same with it's the same with bait. I mean, um, again, I won't mention any names. Years ago, I'm talking way way before I was selling baits as a job. Um, another another guy, it was. Uh, if you like, uh, a hobbyist, someone who made his own bait. Um, he, he knew that um, I was sort of profiling my baits because this was in the days when I was big on the HMV theory. And, and, and if I could get any, of the, if I could get the 
the data sheets for the ingredients that I was using. Then, then I started creating um, spreadsheets for them. Um, so it's quite simple to do. It's pretty, pretty simple mathematics, but um, so you can work out fairly accurately um, your amino acid profiles for your bait, and obviously you can you can use the carp's uh, amino acid requirements as the yardstick for work it's work it against. And, and I can remember this one particular chap, and, and I mean, I'm coming to the point now where you said just lumping everything in. Mm. Um, he, said, he said, can you help me to profile my bait? And I said, I said, yeah, well, I'll, I'll need to know the recipe. I said, and we'll need the data sheets for, for everything or as near as damn it. Uh, so he said, yeah, okay, so I'll send you the recipe. And I was absolutely dumbfounded when I saw this recipe. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it really was a case of, I think he'd probably been making bait for a while. And, and I, think he, I think he was trying to get every single thing into his formula mm. that he'd used and thought made a difference into one bait. And I, and I just looked at it and I just thought, that is just overkill. I mean, that, I mean for instance, he'd got, he'd got things like cheese powder in there. And then he'd got yeast. Then he'd got liver powder. Then he got balacan. And I'm thinking, all these things are doing the same thing in the bait. You know, you so, just need one. Yeah. So, so let let me stop you there. Sorry. So, so let's say uh, what's working there. Maybe it's nucleotides, right? Do you feel if you've got one good source of of nucleotides, let's say you're using brewer's yeast. Do you feel there's any benefit from having a different source of nucleotides? Do I mean... They, do they vary the, nucleotides? Well, yeah, ju- I was just going to say, ju- ju- just for clarity's sake, um, you won't get an ingredient that's got no nucleotides in it. It's just some are way, way very richer high. than others. Yeah. Very high, Because yeah. um, anything that was come from anything that's alive will have a nucleotide content. But brewer's well, yeast such, is very high, right? Yeah, massively high because the same as liver powder is massively high because yeah. it's coming from something that's alive and it hasn't been processed too much. Uh, and obviously the, the yeast is actively multiplying. It's a single cell. Um, so that, that's massively high. I mean, fish meal is very high in, in nucleotides. Uh, blood powder is very high in nucleotides. Um, I mean, nucleotides are, you know, they're superb carp mm. attractors. Um, but I think people people can confuse things with with bait formulas. I mean, so, I mean, some of my baits are fairly complicated. Um, the formulas are, but everything's in there. Uh, I mean, I'll put it this way: if if I saw if I see a recipe like particularly with this chap, then then I, I basically just said to him, "Well, why have you got this in?" And and, and if there's no answer, I was like, "Well." You can scrap that one then. Or if the answer was, I've used it before, and it was good. And I was like, well, and then you might say that for four different things, five different things. And I mean, yeah, I suppose you could say uh, I'm contradicting myself because I've done it with a pop-up, three, three attractors that were superb on their own and then used them in combination. But it, it's a bit different on the attractive score for me personally. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean... <clears throat> You, you really can have you really can have things in a bait that you've got two things in there. They're both doing the same job, so it's either or, one or the other. Scrap one, keep the other. Yeah. While we're talking about 
Yes. Sorry, I was jumping in. Um, one of the buzzwords sort of I see all over sort of like the forums and Facebook groups and such and such. Rockers. Salmon. No, Salmon. Oh, Salmonax. Yeah. yeah. It's a liquid, isn't it? It's a liquid, that one is. It is, yeah. I'm guessing you've not used it. No, no. No, no. I'm seeing it everywhere. Um, Doesn't appeal to me. Well, well, well. I actually, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, it's just the way I am. I don't follow trends in anything. I never have done. I don't. I, I, I don't jump on the bandwagon for anything. Um, if I, if I can't see, um, if nothing immediately strikes me about about something, then it, or I do a small investigation and I just think, yeah, just another whatever, another liquid. Then I just think. It's just the latest thing. They've marketed it well and everyone's jumped on it because it's, well, he's using it, it works and whatever. So, yeah. That's it. And you mentioned Brocasol then. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you rate that or are you just quite happy using a brewer's yeast? Yeah, like, I've never like used, I've never used it. I, I, yeah, we spoke to you on the last, on the last one. I've never okay. used it purely, purely and simply because I ain't seen any evidence that tells me it's going to be any better than brewer's yeast. Yeah, I, I, I recall a conversation now. Yeah, yeah. So, let's say organic acids, right? And I know this is very different from nucleotides, but do you feel that there'd be any benefit from blending, let's say, two different types of organic acid in a single hook bait? For example, embuteric acid and citric acid. Do you feel any point in that or not? Yeah, yeah. You do? Organic acids are totally different than... Than the than than blending different ingredients. Um, yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah. do, do you see any point in blending? Yeah, more- yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Hundred percent. Okay. Organic acids, uh, and there's that many of them. Um, they work on different levels. That I'm, I'm not even, even, even I'm not even a hundred percent sure exactly what the score is with organic acids, but they all work. Let's put it that way. They, they all work you know you've got you've got loads of them i mean even your vinegar vinegar is an attractor to carp yeah uh, ambutyric acid citric acid caproic acid uh isovaleric acid they, they, they're all attractors i mean i use one liquid i use one liquid the the complexity of it is that phenomenal it's unbelievable it's basically just full of organic acids and, and when when i first found out about this liquid because I always knew, I've known for a long time, that probably the most famous flavor ever. I mean, well, what do you guys think the most famous flavor ever is in a bait? There's a few. Scopex Ooh. would be up there. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Squid, plum, strawberry. It's got, it's got to be monster crab, hasn't it? It's got to be oh, monster crab. Maybe, yeah. It's, yeah. it's up well, there. Well, uh, any, anyway, you know anyway. So, so the monster crab, um, when, when, when Rod Hutchinson came up with the monster crab flavor, I think he was working with the, the Lowestoft Institute and they were doing all studies on yeah. seafoods and all the rest of it and mm. uh, attractors to fish to uh, crabs and all the rest of it. And, and obviously he found out with this chap, this academic chap, that uh, it, it was massively rich in these organic acids and that's what gave it all these smells these horrible spongs. So that, so basically that was the birth of the monster crab. Now monster crab. Now anybody's monster crab that you buy from anyone, if it's a good version of monster crab, it will just be a big mishmash 
of all organic acids. I mean, you've got your your big bait firms like your, um, your bait works selling your scent from Howls. I mean, your scent from Howls is basically just a build on your monster crabs. It's just a, a big mishmash of all horrible, stinky smelling organic acids like your ambuteric, isovaleric, all the rest of it. And it, it, monster crab is the original. Monster, monster crab is the original, the benchmark for organic acid flavors. Uh, now, when I came across this particular liquid, once I found out, uh, I mean, it doesn't smell as strong as monster crab. It certainly doesn't smell very nice. Um, once I found out the makeup of it, I thought, bang, there you go. That's my that's my new go to go to liquid. That that's just loaded with organic acids, in a better form, in my opinion because of what else it's mixed in with. Uh, and that's it. And that works on its own in a bait. You don't need a flavor, nothing whatsoever. Uh, and basically, it's just, if you like, it's a diluted version of Monster Crab. It's not really diluted. It's it's just, it just says what it says. It's a natural product. Yeah, Dean, when, when you say liquid, I mean, is this um, like a, what people would view as a, I, I know the answer, by the way, but... It's not like a bulk liquid, is it? Like L zero yeah, thirty. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. You, how? What's well, it, it's ev- it, it's everything. It's everything. I, I've made I've made hook baits with it, uh, with no other attractor in whatsoever. Well, no other liquid attractor in whatsoever, other than that, like fifteen mil per egg, uh, and the hook baits are superb. Um, what I mean is, are you adding that like? A- yeah, I add it to bait as well. I add it to bait as well. It goes in bait at thirty mil per per six eggs. Or even higher sometimes. That that was going to be my question. So you're adding it in high quantities. Yeah, because it's not as concentrated. I mean, it's not as concentrated as your monster crab synthetic flavour. Because um, uh, you wouldn't what, put that in. That's like a couple of mil tops, right? Yeah, monster yeah. crab. Yeah, you, you, you yeah. don't need much monster crab. You know, it's yeah. extremely strong. You don't yeah. need, most monster crabs are blow your socks off jobs and, and so, you don't need a lot. So what is the difference then? Why, why why would you use Monster Crab at maybe 2 mil and this stuff at 30 mil? Uh, well, the Monster Crab's a more concentrated product um, and it'll be more expensive as well. Um, I mean, I've never tried it, but I, I bet you could get away with Monster Crab at, at 10 mil. It wouldn't smell very nice to anybody who's around you, but I bet it'd work. Yeah. So what, D- Dean, I mean, you said you were going to give away all your secrets on this episode, didn't you? What is <laughs> <laughs> what is this liquid? I'll tell you what this liquid is, because it's no, it's no secret whatsoever, because everybody who comes in my unit sees boxes of it everywhere. I use, I use fish sauce. I use fish sauce in every single bait that I make. Squid brand. I use a squid brand all the time. Yeah. 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 Old stuff, uh, widely used. Yeah. It's, it's no secret. It's no secret. I mean, no. I, I've only known about it, to be truthful with you, uh, for 12 years. Um, and it's possibly the best liquid anybody's ever, ever told me about. It's, it, that stuff's phenomenal. We, uh, we spoke about it on another episode, but I used to put that in super soakers and then spray my spots out of it because it's real mm. thin liquid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I, I, think that, I think that's one, one of the big successes to that liquid. The, the 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 thinness, the of viscosity it. of it, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's so it, it, it's very thin. It's very thin. So pe- people are obsessed with thick liquids and thick bait dips and all the rest of it. But if, if you actually think about it, it won't disperse as fast as something that's thinner. 
Mm. We've spoken about fish sauce a lot, haven't we, Sam, in previous episodes? I mean, um, it's all out there now, the fish sauces. When I, when I first found out about it, uh, I think it had been knocking around for years then in certain quarters. But it, now you've got like people like Jim Shelley say they use it, it's mega and all the rest of it, and loads of people who pour it over pallets and stuff and mixers and stuff. And uh, I mean, it's like another another one of the big firms. Um, well, it's actually the same one. I'm not going to name them though. <laughs> they, they sold um, they sold a liquid um, probably about about this was about ten years ago. And I was 100% convinced that it was just squid brand fish sauce mm. rebottled. Um, maybe some one other thing added to it, but not a lot. Um, did did was, that firm, be, like, there was a first letter begin with an S? No, no, no. No, I see. So somebody somebody told me on a forum, and I'll say it for the, for the pod, um, but soda. Oh no no they no no! They, they, uh... they, they no they they actually sell it now. They actually do sell that, don't they? I don't um, know. It's like yeah, a crustacean yeah, yeah, yeah. extract or something. Yeah no no they they sell they sell it now. Um, fish sauce, yeah, but looks like it's been cut with glycerin to me. It's a little bit too thick. Right. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, it's it's, it's nice but, but though, this, isn't it? For yeah, but this um this this other big firm. Started selling this liquid. I forget what they call it now. And I was talking to a lad. He, he, he was sort of sponsored by him, and he, and he was going, "Oh yeah, yeah, the, the, this stuff. It's the business. Like when I put it on the mixers, it, it does the job." And, and it, we we're fishing like, and um, and I'd already used this on on mixers. And I just looked at it, smelt it, and that tasted it. And I thought, "Yeah, that's uh, that's fish sauce." So I goes, "How much is that bottle?" He said, oh, I think it's about eight quid for 500 mil. And I went, Jesus. <laughs> you know, a bottle of fish sauce would probably cost you £2.50 for 725 mil. So. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I love the stuff. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, it really, it, it's, it's superb, that fish sauce is. It really is superb. Mm. It's just nice to know it's something you can buy in a supermarket. And you're yeah, not I getting, mean, you're not getting yeah, you're not, getting, you're not getting ripped off. You're not getting ripped off now. I mean, it's two, it's two pound fifty a bottle in most supermarkets, isn't it? Mm. So I'm going to start asking Dean. Well, so, but also, you as well, on, go on, go on. Also, I'll just say one other thing. I mean, I, I, I have, I have seen um, again though on forums where people will go, yeah, yeah, fish sauce, it, it's just cheap, and, and this that's just like the anthropocentric anthropocentric view again saying something's cheap so it's no good I mean it doesn't matter how much something costs molasses is cheap but molasses <clears throat> is superb it's a superb addition to bait for sure it's just, be- it's just because all these new liquids all the buzzwords and all the rest of it hydro wheat hy- hydrolysates and all the rest of it I mean they're not really doing anything that liquids that I use and don't cost much are doing they're not doing anything else this is the thing, isn't it? People think it needs to be expensive to to be to be worthwhile. I mean, or, or new, or new, or, yeah. have, or or have a word like an enzyme or a hydrolysate added to it. You know, but it's not the case, is it? It just isn't the case. Yeah, trashy, trashy blondes drunk at the bar. They're cheap, but you know, best time of your yeah, life. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's funny, but it's it's actually true. <clears throat> Dean. I- a genuine question. So something like your fish sauce, 
Now, obviously, you make a living from rolling bait. Like, do you have a supplier for that? Do you sort of like go straight to the manufacturer, or are you just uh, buying I just, bulk load from? I yeah, I just buy it from a Chinese cash and carry. Buy yeah. the buy the box. I just buy boxes and boxes and boxes over from Chinese cash and carry. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Dean, have you have you um whilst we're on the liquid thing, <clears throat> and uh, have you um messed around with Salmigo at all? Yeah, I've used that. Yeah, yeah. Bloody good stuff, right? Doesn't warrant the price tag. Really? What from <laughs> from Baccarat? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's not that expensive. No, it's the cheapest one. I think it's the cheapest one. I think it's the cheapest hydraulic seat that they do. No, yeah. they're they're. I think they're. Um, I think their shrimp is. I think their shrimp and their tuna is cheaper. But yeah, it might be. I don't really look anymore because I don't. It doesn't interest me, so I don't look. I like that salmon, that 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 salmon hydro, and um, yeah, yeah, mixed up with the. Um, I mean, the fish sauce. What, what, you know, when I say they don't want the price tags, they're good and they work, but you can get the job done with other things. You know, this is what I'm always all about. Um, I can get the job done with other things, so. You've got to ask yourself why you're using something. Every, every time you use anything, you've got to ask yourself what it brings to the table and why you're using it. That's See, what I do every time. Yeah. But for me, I don't... I mean, this is just me talking. I don't think... And look, I'm not a commercial bait maker, okay? But I can't put a price on confidence. And if I if I, if I I use... No, uh, no. Um, if I use five different hydros and the most expensive one is five quid more for a litre... Like, but it's better. That that's five pound well spent to me because I mean, I I, I, I entirely agree with you, Sam. Yeah. But I have yet to find anything in bait other than other than raw ingredients that warrants the price tag. No liquid that I've used really warrants really? the price tag. And that's and that, that's my opinion. That's just my opinion. <sighs> see, I see, have not found I have not found any liquid, any expensive liquid that warrants the price tag yet. See, I've done a lot of of um of soaking baits in in liquid. Now uh, hook baits and stuff. I mean, well, well no, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, feed baits, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've honestly had night night and day. Like, I mean, I don't care if <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to convince you or anything, but I literally have night and day um, results by by soaking soaking baits in in um, different liquids. It's something I will always do. Now, that being said, and I've spoke about this before on the on the forum, maybe even on the forum, on the podcast, maybe even on the last episode, actually, I think you can get it too attractive. I think you can be pumping out too much and on some pressured waters. I think that can go again. Yeah, I'll, 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 re, I'll uh, recount a little story about that to you in a bit. Go for it now, re- mate. Re- remind me on. Well, that's it. I'm going to have a piss in a minute. Well, okay. um, go for but, a piss. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I mean, honestly, um, soaking your baits in liquids and stuff it is very effective, but I'll be honest with you. There's very few things that I've used over the years um, that are vastly more expensive than other things, and I've thought, yeah, that's 10 times more effective, even though it costs 10 times much more, as much money. I haven't found anything yet. Mm. I mean, I... Mean, I, I I'm going to be a bit naughty again here, right? I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a little bit naughty again. Right? There's a, there's, a, there's another big bait firm, another 
big bait firm, and they really are a big bait firm now. They weren't very big when I first started, but they're big. They've got a lot of money behind them, so the advertising's paid off. And anyway, right now, all their spod syrups and bait glugs and all the rest of it, which they're always banging on about, and all the rest of it, uh, and people are saying, yeah, they're so good, this, that, and the other. Yeah, they're all based on something that. Probably, in my estimation, I would say, costs them maybe one pound a litre. It's good business. Good business, but what there you it? go. What is it, Dean? Hydro wheat. Yeah. Hydro, wheat, wheat hydro. It's See, cheap. Yeah, we got hold of this um, back Years in the day, didn't, mm. didn't we? Um, from... Um, Barrents, who worked for Marcus Watts. Do you know Marcus Watts, Dean? Yeah, Marcus Watts. Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah, I don't know him, but obviously I know who he is because I've been interested in bait for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hydro wheat. Yeah, it's good stuff, though, isn't it? Just fat, just a just a good sugar source, mate. That's all he yeah. says. No, it's no different than molasses. Mm-hmm. But for the for the price, it's a good, isn't it? Yeah, but what the point of making is. These guys don't charge a pound a litre. You can't buy a, you can't buy a litre of that off them for a pound. Oh, I see <laughs> what you mean. I see what you mean. You, you can't yeah. buy you you can't yeah. buy a litre of their dedicated glug for whatever bait yeah. for yeah, one yeah. pound a litre. You're paying ten pound a litre for something that costs them a quid. Yeah. Mm. Do you want to go for your piss, mate? Yeah, I better do. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Dean, you sound like a man after my own heart. Like, as in, I'm pretty tight-fisted, and Sam will tell you this. Um, I like to sort of find things which are exceptionally good value. So we're talking about fish sauce, which for your average man who can add that to a bait and it make a real difference, it is exceptional value. Yeah. You just talked about hydro wheat, which for your average guy, they're buying it from big suppliers and it's, you know, it's it's not that cheap. Have you got anything else that you've used in the past, like the fish sauce? Something like your average guy could sauce yeah, from ma- a supermarket. Molasses, molasses is a superb additive. Mm, yeah, I I would agree with you hundred percent on that. Um, I mean, I mean, the thing is, though, I'm, all joking aside, I'm actually not a tight bastard when it comes to bait, um, because you know, I sell a bait that's got loads of milk proteins in, and there ain't many firms that do that. But I, I personally believe that the price tag of milk proteins in certain instances warrant, is it does what you know the, the cost is justifiable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've played around with a lot of these hydrolysates and stuff, and just never ever nothing nothing's ever struck me that it's astronomically more effective than anything else. It really hasn't. Just to, just to squeeze in a, a quick question there. Sorry to jump in. <clears throat> you mentioned about using a lot of milk proteins in baits, and obviously that's, I mean, from our last podcast, that's something I was looking at doing, etc. Um, have, have you ditched that now, Sam? Has it gone down, gone down the oh, tubes? Oh, mate, this is ridiculous. You're going to raise <laughs> your eyebrow at me. So, so obviously I used to roll a lot back in the back in the day. Like I, We used to roll a hell of a lot. Um, do you know what? First, first time rolling a big amount you know i've been rolling bits yeah fair but like i set out you obviously mix up the bait gonna gonna do my big roll i'm a big first roll of this bait 
fucking 30 minutes in, I had this like epiphany. It was like this light shined down on me. I'm not religious, but I was like, do you know what? I can't be fucking doing this. <laughs> I literally can't fucking doing this. And I was like, it was like the last three months of formulating this bait on paper <laughs> before me. And I was yeah. like, I can't fucking listen. Look, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to run two businesses. You know, I'm trying to balance up work time and, and home life. The last thing I need to do is start rolling a fucking bait, testing it. Cause, cause I mean, I've said this till I'm blue in the face. Everyone thinks, you know, creating baits and testing baits is great. It's not, because a lot of the time you're sitting behind rods, you don't know if that bait is going to, might look fucking great on paper, might not I mean, catch fish. So <laughs> do, do I need all this fucking extra time and yeah. doubt and ambiguity? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. 30 minutes in, I was just like, this is crazy, but I have to cut, I've got to cut my ties now before I get yeah. too deep in it. No, uh, so, I can, so, I can so, sympathize no. with that. Because yeah. it's like it's like me, it's like me selling bait for a living, um, and, and probably in the early days, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the best angler in the world. I've caught a few fish, and in, in the early days, once I got a few lads on the bait, I was I, I was never that bothered about catching all the time because I'd normally be playing around with something or whatever. But as the years have gone on now, well, the more abusive I are over the years, <laughs> I'm, I'm more. I am more focused on catching now every time I go fishing. I, I, I am always thinking, it'll look better if I catch. It'll look better if I... So I'm, I'm trying to catch every time I come out now. Uh, I'm still playing with things, but I'm always, I'll always have one rod on, an absolute banker. Uh, I'm always trying to catch now. Whereas in the early days, when I first started selling bait, and, and there was lads on it, they were catching plenty of fish. So I was thinking, well, it doesn't matter if I don't catch anything. Um, but I am always trying to catch now. Um, I'm still playing around with things, but I've, I've, I'll always have. There'll always be something while I'm using what's a tried and tested method yeah. every time. So yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm. Long story short, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm buying bait now. <laughs> but what I what I, I was. Yeah, I, I missed the phone call, Sam. When you were, you haven't rung me up, have you? For any bait? This is awkward, Dean. I'm, <laughs> Dean, I'm still waiting for my free sack of bait to test off. You. <laughs> Else, I, thought, I thought you would have bought some bait off me. Jesus. It ain't come yet. I'm, I mean, look, we, we get you on the podcast two episodes deep now. Get your business off the back of it. Still waiting for my free bait. That's all I'm saying. Oh, well. Have you bought some bait? Have you bought some bait? Have you bought some bait off? Well, I might have been given it, mightn't I? Well, you might have been. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. No, I'll tell you what, Sam. Actually, joking apart. I will actually send you. I will actually send you a session pack down. I sell oh, a lot don't, of session mate. packs. No, I feel bait. bad now. <laughs> no, no, seriously, you might start buying it then once you realise it's decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I might do. No, I yeah, I have bought some bait. I um, I went down to see Ke- Kenny Gates. Obviously, I'm sure you've heard of Kenny. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, went went. Uh, no disrespect to you at all, Dean. It was. There's a long story how it came about, which I won't get into. But yeah, no, I went down to see Kenny Gates. And um, yeah, Jesus, I mean, he's a, he's an Essex, isn't he? He's an Essex, mate. Yeah, Essex. Well, all the way down from Gloucestershire to Essex. You must have, you must have wanted that bait. Yeah, mate. Mm. Yeah, wait, well, give me a free, few freebies. So uh, really, well, oh, well, well. He did, that's actually. why I went, that's why that's why I went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. Anyway, th- look, th- this point that I'm trying to th- I'm trying to get to right. Um, and I don't really know what, what my point is with this, but 
as I think you know, I've got these uh, I've got these pond fish now. So I've built out my my it's it's like a koi style pond. It's got koi in it. So I've been testing different baits. Now there's a high protein. I'm not going to name the company because it's I'm not here to shit on anyone. And I'm sure it's a good bait in a real angling situation. In my test pond situation, this high protein milk bait, high milk protein bait, sorry. It's it's the second from lowest performer from all the baits that I've tested. And by the way, I'm pretty rigorous about how I test the baits. I don't just chuck them in, you know, dry. I, I let them soak um, for an hour and a half, you know, to, to try and replicate a real angling situation. I know sometimes your bait will be in there 24 hours, but you know, look, I've got to do something. Uh, and I don't test loads of baits at once, you know, because I think they'll get like taste fatigue or whatever you want to call it. So testing it as square as I can, this bait, which is by a, a good company, you know, it's not one of the major players, it's not mainline or sticky or anyone, but it's backed by people that, that are very well respected in the industry. This high pro this high milk protein bait has, has scored the lowest there, which really freaking surprised me. Really yeah, but, surprised I mean, me. Now, does the thing, the thing, the thing is, I squeeze in. Does do you feel that would hold any weight whatsoever into a real angling situation? Do you think it's something to go on, or do you think I should just discard it out of blind faith for for high milk? It's a part. It's a part of the jigsaw. It's something. It's something that I do, but it's not the holy grail, is it? Mm. It's a. It's it's something to be taken into consideration. Hmm. You know, you've you've got you've got to amalgamate everything that's at your disposal. You've got to use tank fish, yeah, wild fish, pressured yeah. fish, different times of the year, uh, varying varying le anglers with varying levels of ability. You know, you've got to take all these things before you can as fully assess a bait. Yeah, you've got to take everything into because that's why you, that's why you do need people helping you assess baits. You you do need it. Yeah. And and then so I've I've used one bait on a water and it's been fucking great. I've taken it somewhere else, and I can't buy a bite until I change yeah. baits. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm sure anyone that's been angling for a while have experienced that exact same thing, to yeah. to the point where you can't deny. It. And I'm fucking anal about testing. If if there's any ambiguity or anything's left to chance, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't. I mean, I mean, this this bait, this bait that you've tested. Yeah. Um, when you say it's a high milk protein base, I mean, do you know the do you know the the makeup of it or what? Or... It, it's so they charge more than the packs right in front of me. Like, well, I can go and get it. it it's just, it's in the same room as me, basically. They charge more for that bait than their other baits because of the milk. Um, yeah, well, everyone, I do for my bait. Yeah, yeah, which is fair enough. I'll get the pack. I'll see what they say. Do you know what? Off, off the back of this story, um, or the back off the back of this, I've got a bit of a funny story that I don't know if you'll remember, Sam. Um, but it actually, believe it or not, involves you, Dean, um, and me and Oh, Sam. I, oh I got your name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Dave here. Um, <clears throat> I'm not forgetting that, mate. I'm a little bit yeah, bitter yeah. about that still. <laughs> <laughs> but now, do you know what? I've <clears throat> many years ago, so. Me and Sam have been rolling bait for a little bit. And again, this is going back to the carp forum days. Um, oh, yeah. And 
you were sort of known, I guess, for your for what you've done, your bit of research and what you've done with milk proteins. And um, me and Sam actually saw so like close to us. There's a or when Sam was living down here anyway. There's a there's a cheese factory up in. Oh yeah, I can remember that. Davis, I can remember though. Sam get. I can remember Sam getting older some whey protein mega cheap. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I can't remember this. Yeah, I can. How long ago was that? Jesus Christ, that's a long time ago, Sam. This is going back. This is going back. So there's a load of boys around here who, who like, family works at the um, cheese factory, and they're (laughs) they're getting this whey protein, like, real cheap. And it's it's 25 kilo sacks, isn't it? And they're talking, like, £12 for a sack through, like, the start discount and stuff. (laughs) That couldn't have been the real deal. I bet bet it was was whey powder. Probably, but these boys are all fucking hitting the gym and after their sessions, like, down the road. And we got older, some of this, we were like, fucking hell, this is unbelievably cheap. And I remember Sam sent a data sheet over to you or something, and you were just like, yeah, no, nah, forget it, boys. <laughs> this stuff's just full of sugar. Something like yeah, that that's it, yeah. Yeah, it's whey, it whey powder, yeah, it's whey powder. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Dog shit. I do not remember that. What, I mean, it was super sweet, so obviously it was... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's but, just um, full of just full of lactose, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. cling to your hands and with sugar. It was Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean all, all, all whey proteins are quite sticky anyway, even even the, the high was, protein ones. Yeah, but this was different. <laughs> just, yeah, I can remember thing. that, Sam. I can still actually remember you sending yeah. me the message. Yeah, I can still remember. Okay. It was about tw- it's about twelve, thirteen years ago that was. That was, yeah, you're right, mate. I can't um, remember that. And, the funny thing is, there's still a load of Cornish boys like up on the moors, still drinking that, <laughs> thinking they're getting like, <laughs> the next, the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah they're not getting you the know. results. Just yeah, getting yeah. fat from it. <laughs> the lactose. Jesus. Yeah. Funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, th- this is uh, it, it's comprised of um, caseins. It, I mean, it's ve- the 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 label is vague. Caseins, whey protein concentrate, lact- lactalbumin, uh, brococel, peanut meal, tiger nut flour, um, maize flour, kelp, powder palatants, MSG, tiger nut extract. Sorry, this isn't your bait then, Sam? No, this isn't my bait. No. Sorry, I thought this was your bait that you'd rolled. I know you had rolled like a high. See, that, see that's, that, that, that's, that's another one for me that's uh, incongruous when people make these baits with lots of milk proteins in mm. and they actually make a point of saying it's far removed from a fish meal but then then they add which to me is the what goes hand in glove with a fish meal and they add kelp or seaweed i don't add anything like that to any milk protein baits or peanut baits or anything because i'm trying to stay away from any food signal that resembles anything from the sea any fish fish meal source or anything so I don't do that. Uh, I, and I can't, I've never understood that. I don't know if it's... So you'd do the same with... Sorry, mate. Yeah. So you'd do the same with like a nut sauce as well. You'd, you'd remove the milks from like a nut base. No, no, not the milks. Not the milks. But like your seaweeds. And I've, oh, seen, okay. people, I've seen people making baits. Um, and there's another one. That, that, that they've gone from nothing to quite big um, in a short period of time. But they're, they're putting like pre-digested fish meal in baits that they're touting to be milk protein baits and i don't get it i mean if somebody comes to them and says i want to stay away from fish meals and and they actually suggest that bait then i don't know i mean 
if they can read the vinegar look at it and go well there's pre-digested fish meal in there and they'll probably go oh yeah yeah we put that in there because it's super attractive like yeah, but it just makes no sense i mean if you want to make a bait that's nothing like a fish meal don't include anything at all that's derived from fish in the bait mm. yeah I, I get your point yeah so so mo- moving on from from the tank testing that, that i briefly mentioned earlier to you i tested and well, i've tested a lot of essential oils in there and i've got a lot more testing to do and i'm not going to name the essential oil because i haven't finished testing it and yeah i'm not going to yeah i've seen i've seen you've bought shitloads of essential oils off oils for life yeah oh you well you mentioned oils for life on this on our last podcast yeah, yeah. i yeah, reckon I've seen, owe, I've seen you i've seen your picture on your on your page i reckon they owe you some commission mate because i've spent over 100 quid with them <laughs> and i'm sure we've had so many messages about um essential oils and where to get them yeah so yeah, I reckon, that's, that, I reckon... that that might be that might be why they fucked up my last order then <laughs> 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 i fucking ordered something off them and it took ages come out to ring them up in the end well i don't know mate i don't know but yeah i've ordered loads loads of different essential oils for testing um there's one essential oil i'm not going to name it i'll just say it's uh it's a citric fruit, okay? Yeah. Now, I can douse floating pellets, which are, are mostly... Um, oh, yeah, you've got crazy. Well, I'm getting crazy for it. Yeah, but the thing yeah. is, it's not just an investigatory trigger or, or you know, a, a sti- they will eat it. They will literally eat it. So, obviously, the palatability is there. Now, these, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. these are little koi sticks which are doused in freaking essential oil i never in a million years would i think i thought they'd suck it in maybe and spit it out you you, you could you could chuck off an orange in with a big coin and it'll eat it yeah but an orange is very different from uh, solid essential oil well yeah but an essential oil yeah well you're only putting drops in aren't you on on a pallet yeah but it's a it's a little stick and it's smothered in essential oil yeah 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 yeah, it's probably it's probably, it's like you say there probably is citric acid in there. I bet there is actually. I think I think when I, the more I think about it, I would say there's probably any, anything that's derived from a, from a citrus fruit is going to have citric acid in there. It's got to, mate. Yeah, it's it's yeah. got to. If you look at the extraction process, yeah, of the peel, it, it's it's going to have citric acid in there. But I mean, yeah. So look, I'm not I'm not I'm not shocked that it's it's um attractive. I'm shocked that it's palatable enough to keep on eating it. Yeah, because it'll only be at natural levels anyway. It won't be. It won't be like adding neat citric acid powders or something. No, but forget about the citric acid. We're talking about the fact it's an essential oil. So I mean, yeah, I know they're they're highly concentrated, but yeah, yeah. You were saying earlier about um, or whatever company it was, um, stating really high levels of yeah. No, no. I mean, the 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 only reason why I was dumbfounded at these levels is because you just don't need you just don't need them at that level at all right so it's not that they'd be repellent no i wouldn't imagine so no i wouldn't imagine so um well anyway i, I mean look, I, I was just i was absolutely shocked at the fact that they the, these fish would keep on eating this so are they, they koi's or proper carp the koi's at the minute i've got proper carp coming very soon i mean the koi's are proper carp anyway they're not genetically I mean, well, yes not, yeah, they're, yeah they're yeah. not much different no but i've got king, king carp coming soon yeah 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 but no i mean they will literally keep sucking them down and i mean fucking hell 
the essential oil test. I've obviously I've been testing a lot. The essential oil test. So, sounds like the orange oil that does, Sam. Come on, give the game away. Sounds like you're, you're testing the orange oil there, aren't you? Why do you think that? Because I told you it's good, and you've bought some of it, and it really is good. <laughs> Haven't you seen the amount of oils I've bought, though? Yeah, you bought shitloads, yeah, but you said it's a set. You said it's a set of streets. I mean, could yeah. be one of the others. Uh, hey, let, let, to be honest with you, I I wasn't going to mention it out of respect for you, but yeah, it it is that orange oil. Yeah, it will be. Uh, it's superb. It's, <laughs> honestly, mate. Honestly. I've tested it. Don't, don't forget, I've tested it. I have tested it. No, Dean, I know you have, mate, but I didn't. I didn't want to just mention that name on no, the. No, it's the yeah. No, it's the orange oil. People, people I've I've given the game away anyway because I told people where I'm buying my oils from. But yeah. you've still got to get the levels right anyway. In a bait, in a feed bait, you've you've got to get the levels right. Yeah, but I've just basically said they they eat it. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Soaked. You can't. You can't overdo it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's fucking good, mate. <laughs> it's fucking yeah, it is. Good. It yeah. is good. <laughs> and I, I won't mean, mention this though. There is an essential oil from that staple that I tested that is head and shoulders above that. Mm, that's interesting. Like, I have. I, I have. I haven't used all those yet. Hmm. You should do, mate. Yeah, this one. I'll just fucking tell you, shall I? The tangerine oil. All right, yeah. That, mm, that I, I, did, I, did, I did consider that at the time when I was first going to start using the orange oil. So I, te- the, I orange, tested, the orange oil ticked all the boxes. Yeah, the orange oil was one of the first ones I tested. Um, and it's the sweet... It's, they do a bitter orange oil. This is the sweet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I'm sure the, the bitter one might be great in a bait, but I don't think it would be as palatable, obviously, because it's bitter. Um, no, I know that's anthropomorphic, but, you know... I think there's probably some weight in that. But yeah, the tangerine oil, that definitely had by far the strongest um, feed response from any of the essential oils. Like the the orange oil was fucking good, like really good. But that tangerine oil was was a different gravy, honestly. Might have to buy some of that, Sam, on the strength of that. Honestly, I'm... yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to do a little bit of digging there, though, because that orange oil's uh, very attractive for another reason as well. So, go on. I'll have to, I'll have to make sure. Is that... I'll have to, I'll have to make sure that the tangerine oil's doing the same thing because I, I, I use it for, I use it for various reasons, you know. So, and you were mentioned on the last podcast because of its um, specific gravity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that, that's why. Yeah. yeah, the tangerine oil. Well, I, dare, I dare say that I dare say the tangerine oil's got a specific gravity less than one as well. It so. does. Yeah, it floats. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You just put it in a glass of water, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, now you you can do that with a lot of essential oils, but when they come out of the bait, they don't always do that. When they're on the bottom. Yeah, well, you just put a pip, just put some in a pipette, and then put the bottom of the pipette at the bottom of the glass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and they're all floating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, it yeah. changes in the bait, do you mean? Yeah, I mean, so, some essential oils have not got a specific gravity less than one. Yeah, some of them sink, but you can just test it with a pipette and a glass, yeah. can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, would, I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah. I've tested, mate, I find it fascinating. I've tested different flavours and like, I've got quite a few John Baker flavours and the, the ones that you think would be the best ones definitely, definitely you know, translate to, to testing the fish in my pond, at least. And look, I know there's so many fucking variables, you know, pH, different water 
compounds and it's never ending but like you said earlier it's it's a place to start isn't it oh yeah i mean it, it really is invaluable if you can get some fish um whatever ibc tank pond anything mm. yeah uh, uh, just one more thing about this bait where you said uh, the feed response was crap um yeah is it is it rock hard is this a rock hard bait Mm, um, it, it's quite hard, fresh out the bag, but once you soak it, so I've been soaking them for 90 minutes. <clears throat> once you soak it for 90 minutes, no, it's, it's, it's definitely soluble. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but it sounds like it says quite hard though. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, see, that's a big, that's a big one for me. That's the, the skin of Sorry? it is mush. The, the skin of it is mushy. So if you took the boilie out of the water after 90 minutes, the, the center is firm, but the skin is mushy. So you rub it in your hands and you've got like a smush of, of boiling on your hands. So it's quite soluble. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's breaking down pretty quick then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a hard bait, but once it's in, it's soluble, you know. I mean, it's, it's got, yeah, caseins in it, um, lactoalbumin, WPC-80. It's got brewer's yeast in it. Uh, you know, there's there's a mix of... There's some obviously insoluble, like they're, they're yeah, they're just they're just they're just weird having it, aren't they? They're just weird having it when you tested it. Well, I've tested it multiple times. Mm, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, they just they just don't want it. Mm, no, I get, even give it to my girlfriend, uh, and she's just there. Well, she at it, mate. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, no, because she feeds them, and it, it's like it, it's her, it's her sort of bit of pleasure, really, going out looking after a little. Oh, bit. feeding the fish, yeah. Yeah, she yeah, my, loves it. Yeah, my, my wife has to do that when I go fishing. She'll be doing it now. I've got an IBC in my back garden with um, it's 10 carp in there. They've grown quite well this, this year. Ah, uh, so. nice, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my girlfriend loves it, and she's like, they just don't like this, do they? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I, I, find it, I find it absolutely fascinating. My problem is, like, there's so much I want to test. And you can't just test bait after bait after bait after bait because they, you know, they're, they're going to get full, and they're, they're, there's possibly some kind of chemo reception fatigue. I don't know if you, you're, that's something you buy into or not. But I mean, it's it's like us if we smell loads of things at once, or we're like fucking hell. I can't no, no. I mean, no. like you say, you, you, it's not um, it's not scientific to test them after you've tested them on something that they love. Or, no. or something that they ate. No. I think I think you, you can block the you can block the receptors up. You can overstimulate the receptors. You can saturate the receptors. So yeah, you can't do that way. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think twice a day, three times max. If you want to play it safe, I reckon that that's that that's the sweet spot for testing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three different things a day, if you can space it out. If not, just two. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be giving them a good four or five hours in between everything. Exactly. Uh, yeah, at least at least. Yeah, but then again, let's say you did test a load of things in a row, and then one of those things they all of a sudden went fucking nuts for, like in real contrast to the other things, that would pique your interest, wouldn't it? Because that shined through oh, yeah. everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it works both ways, yeah. suppose, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You still there, Pete? Yeah, I'm I fell asleep. I've just fell no, asleep, I've not. Do you know what? I've just <laughs> I'm enjoying this a bit too much. You know what? This is the thing with a podcast now. It's like a a good little escape from life. And I send the missus upstairs. I've got the downstairs free. It's nice and quiet. 
Mate, I've chinned my oh. four beers and I've started on the only alcohol we've got left in the alcohol cupboard, which is the port. I'm drinking port. Oh, you're living the dream now, Pete. I am, mate. And do you know what? I, like, Sam, I, actually we... am, I actually am living the dream now because I'm actually sitting in a bevy waiting for a run, <laughs> watching the water, seeing if I can see anything top over me spots and talking about fishing and drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really is living the dream. <laughs> But do you know what? That's what's the nice thing about this podcast as well, mate, is the fact that we can do this. And do you know what? People listen to this all over the country, like driving up and down the motorways. And like, you're a bloke that owns a bait company. You sell bait for a living and you're sat on the bank having a chat with us. I think it's pretty cool, mate. Like, yeah, it's co- yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's quite good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we enjoy it, don't we, Sam? Yeah, it's people all over the world listen to it. Good like, point. All throughout Europe, Pakistan, Japan. We've got quite a few in Japan. I think I think it's <laughs> it's over over I think I might be wrong. I think it's over one percent of our listenership is from Japan. Now one percent doesn't sound like naff all, but when you look at our numbers, I mean that's that's a lot of people in Japan yeah. listening it's to remarkable. our podcast. Yeah. It it must be it must be taking off now then the actual sport fishing in Japan. Either that or I don't know. I don't know, mate. I don't know. Is well, it Mo- Monster, Ca- Monster Carp? And they're listening. Monster, Ca- Monster Carp did, um, did an episode in Japan, didn't they? And they, there wasn't many people that carp fished over there, but it might have taken off after that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they did one in Japan because it's full of carp, obviously, Japan. Yeah, there's loads of carp there. Hmm. Yeah, I've not, I've not seen that one. Yeah, it was so, what, I think it, I think it was the first series. To be honest with you, Pete. Oh, do you know what? I, I actually I have seen that, and it was. I remember sort of there's like um, a famous mountain, or they're in the mountains, weren't they, or in the mountain in the background? Yeah, I, I do. They fished a big river as well, didn't they? I think they fished mm. a big river over there. A lot of people hate on quarter and like monster carp and things, but I actually think that's pretty good light entertainment on TV. Yeah, I think, and for I, carp I, I anglers, like yeah. It, it's great, really. I don't really complain about anything that's to do with fishing if it's on TV. 100%, mate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> 100%, I'm in agreement. It beats Coronation yeah. Street every time, doesn't it? So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There was a Carl and Alex one. Do you watch the Carl and Alex videos? Yeah, they, and- they're good. They're good. They're, not, they're nice lads as well, aren't they? They are, mate. They, yeah, they are, to be honest. When you watch them from how young they were to make yeah. YouTube videos yeah, where they are they've now. Come a, they've come a long way, haven't they? They've come a long way. Mm, for sure. Yeah. And um, they're, pretty good, they're pretty good anglers as well, aren't they? They catch fish. They definitely catch a few. But then it would be like, imagine having a YouTube video or a YouTube channel where you didn't catch anything. <laughs> it'd be yeah. difficult, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the one where they went out to Japan, or the old, the older brother, Carl, I think it oh, is. Oh, yeah, I see anyway, he, he buys that koi and he has it sent yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, amazing, isn't it? And yeah, just yeah. out there, it's just like, it's a way of life almost, isn't it? Sort of oh, like yeah, the, it's, the koi. it's mass, massive money, the koi industry. Yeah. 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 But yeah, we've majorly sort of uh, gone on a tangent there. Swear, I, just, I can't I even remember where we were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess what we could oh. move on from regarding oh. the, the tank testing is... Um, amino acids i mean obviously there there was that that paper very well-known paper that was published which showed several amino acids to actually be repellent i'd like to test this in my in my pond at some point um but do you have an opinion on that now look before you 
I know there's millions of variables and when amino acids are blended together, it's very different than that amino acid on its own. But have you got any opinions on that point, Dean? Yeah, well, basically what you just said, it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. It makes no difference to a beta because you, you're never presenting them on their own. So, um, but no, I mean, the, the, the papers, uh, uh, there's loads of them that some amino acids are deterrent and they are because they're just, I mean, you, you've got to remember, I mean, just, just for the benefit of the listener, you've got to remember when they do these things that they use um, fairly, I mean, nothing's inert, but they, they, they use something, a carrier, a jelly or whatever and they just put the amino acid neat into that and then just see what the the response of the fish is and yeah they've shown that they spit some of them out and move out of the way of them um, so yeah well as regards to the relevance of that to a bait unless you're adding neat amino acids to your bait in decent quantities then I don't think it really has any bearing whatsoever on, on a, a finished boilie to be honest with you I mean, would you worry if one of the deterring amino acids was too high, though? Not really, because it's in, it's in intact proteins for a start, unless you're using a fully hydrolyzed liquid that it's high. And then, I mean, you know, you've got to remember, if you've got, say, say, say for instance, um, let's say threonine is supposedly a deterrent, and, and you come across an ingredient and it's high in threonine, don't worry about sticking it in there because it's it's incorporated into the protein anyway, so it's not free. So don't worry about it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, just to, to to switch switch gears yet again. It's like my favourite saying for this podcast. But just to move on from that, in terms of chemoreception and even just food preference, do you feel that there's potentially a difference between commons and mirrors yeah so do i but i don't know what definitely definitely De yeah. definitely i mean i mean I, I do know some very good anglers um that that don't think there is but no the common the common is definitely a different animal to, to, to the mirror See, so, um, so do, you, do you know what it is? Do you know what the preference differentiation is between the two animals? Well, the, the, you hear various things talked about. I mean, I can remember Nutribates always used to say um, molasses was good for the big commons or yeah. cinnamon essential oil was good for the big commons or um, various other things, you know. But I've never really pinpointed it Um but there was there was there was, there was one particular fish that, that I fished for. Um, it was in a small water. It was in a small water. There was only twenty four carp in there, and there was there was about there was round round about half a dozen big fish. You know, when I say big, ranging from say low thirty to um, low forty. Um. And we went on there, um, the first time we went on there, I'd known about this water for ages, and we went on there in 2010, um, and, it, and it was when I first came up with this this bait that was high in milk proteins, because I'd always use fish meals. Well, I'd use milk proteins at fairly high levels in the 90s, but always with a bit of fish meal in. Um, and I took this bait on that was 
fairly high in milk proteins. It's still solid now. It's got a good chunk in it. And um, I'd never, ever seen a reaction um, in a fishing situation to a bait like this. I mean, you've got to bear in mind as well, it was a very soft bait. I purposely made it very soft at first. I mean, you, people think that's impossible to do because it's got a lot of milk proteins in it, but you can do it quite easily, just reduce the coot times. Uh, and you could don't forget, some milks are sol soluble anyway, so that's another factor. Um, anyway, th these fish went crazy for it, uh, and I caught on it straight away. Uh, and anyway, within a, a relatively short period of time, I mean, uh, it was it, it was it was over a year, but we didn't used to fish it all the time because we, we weren't members. We just used to go and fish it four days at a time because he used to let you do four day sessions for it was only sixty quid. It was a bargain. And anyway, there was two big commons in there, and um, we caught all the big ones out of there. Within, I think it was, it wasn't, well, it was 14 nights fishing, but it was actually less than that because one of the sessions coincided with spawning, so we'll write that one off. So it was about nine nights fishing, so it was, it was an exceptional result. And bear in mind, there were smaller fish in there, but we caught all these big ones. Now, I didn't catch the big common. I caught, I caught one of the other commons, the other big common, but I didn't catch the biggest one. Now, the lad that I went with, he was only a young lad, um, we were both using this milk protein bait, but he was using my fish meal bait as well, mixed in with it. And I never twigged on this. I never twigged on this at all at first. I just thought, oh, he's caught the big common. Uh, I haven't caught it. And anyway, after I'd caught the biggest one in there, um, the lake got hit by an otter a couple of years later. And this big common didn't get killed. And this big common by now was, I think it was an upper 30, maybe, it might have even done 40 then. It did do 40 in the end. And uh, I thought, right, uh, what we actually did, when, when, the, when the lake got otted, just out of respect for the owner, because we'd, we'd always enjoyed it down there. We used to go probably once or twice a year all the time. We said, oh, we'll get the winter ticket, because he started doing the winter ticket, which he'd never done before, because he wanted people on the lake in the winter, so keep the otters away. And he, anyway, he moved some fish into the lake because uh, he got another lake that didn't get touched by the otters. And uh, they always grow. Every, every time he moved anything into the top lake, they always used to grow because it must have been richer, less stock, less stock in there. And anyway, he moved this other fish in and th this one rocketed. So, so we joined this winter syndicate and, uh, and I said, oh, there's only two I want catch really. I said, I want, I want the chestnut, which is a lovely big mirror, uh, and the big common. So anyway, we fished the winter, caught the chestnut, didn't catch the common again. So that was it. So then I didn't fish it the following year. And then it was 2017, and I thought, right, I'm going to go down and try and catch this big common once and for all. And it had done £40 by this stage. And so I thought, right, I'm really going to have to look at this because I haven't caught it ever over all these years. And it's been caught once on my bait. And then all of a sudden, it just twigged. I've never fished for it with the fish meal. So I went down with the fish meal. I mean, you could say it was luck or whatever or coincidence, but I went down with the fish meal, and I used a fruity topper like the lad who caught it before. And I caught this common. It was on the right moon phase and everything. So there's definitely something in it, taste preferences. There's 100% there's something in it. Because I'd fished that water. I'd caught quite – well, I caught, I caught – 
all the big ones out of there, apart from this big common, uh, caught quite a few of the other fish because there's never been more than 20 odd fish in there, even that you know, some die and whatever, some come through, puts the odd one in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that fish has only ever been caught by two anglers who've used my bait, myself and another lad. Both times they've been using this particular fish meal bait and a fritty topper, a bait, uh, uh, either, either a pop up or a snowman rig with a particular flavour in. And so, yeah, I mean, there's something in it. There's something. I mean, I think, I think where, I think where it probably falls down this commons thing is people will go, oh, I fished such and such a water. Um, I had loads of commons, didn't matter what bait I used. Uh, but I think what it says is they're on somewhere that's got loads of commons, and oh, so you're going to catch loads of commons. <laughs> yeah. Here, you're going to catch loads of commons, aren't you, for some, you know. Here's a bit of anecdotal, um, just stuff thrown into the pot. Me and Pete used to fish the same waters back in the day, um, side by side. Pete would catch way more fucking commons than I would. Like across yeah. the board from more than one waters, wouldn't you, Pete? It used to really, really bug me, didn't it, back in the day? Because I wanted to catch the scaly mirrors or whatever. We we fished yeah, the water with to... these. We fished the water with these <clears throat> fucking stunning old scaly mirrors in, and you just and it it wasn't like there there probably was more commons than mirrors, but I mm. was just catching. I would generally catch way more mirrors, wouldn't I? And you'd catch way more commons. Fucking weird. Yeah. Um, I can't remember where I was going with that. I feel like this this podcast is going to pot. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you, you said you had a fruity topper. Interestingly enough, Pete, your tar- that well, it was our target. You had a fruity topper on it. When I finally yeah. caught that target fish as well, that was my fruit aminos. You remember that bait, Pete? That I, the, which was basically these uh, hook baits. It was a fruit flavor, but the the main thing that was working is. I added a, a an amino acid blend in there and and some of it. It was it was a really fucking good single hook bait mix. I I have lost the mix. It's long gone. I've got a rough idea what it was, but it's long gone. But I mean, it, it, that's eventually how I caught. I that mean, fish. yeah. When when you're actually talking about when we, I mean, I'll just tell you this one because this is a recent story, um, and it and it and it's. Well, I'll, I'll tell it for a couple of reasons. One about complacency of size of fish, and, and the other one about preferences. I fished um, home pool twice this year. You know where Black Eye used to live. Yeah. yeah. I mentioned to you before where that fifty pound used to live, Black Eye at Terry Ain Court, and, it, and it's a lovely pool. It really is a nice little pool, and there's still big fish in there. There's only thirty carp in there, um, so we've, we've had two socials down there because I mean it's ideal for four mates because you get the full lake to yourselves. I mean it's only an acre. Uh, but it's quite long. Uh, there's facilities there and all the rest of it. There's still fish in there to high 30s, may- maybe low 40s. And we've been down twice this year. Now, this is pretty insane. And, and the first time we went down, um, one of the lads had a good hit on uh, maggots and casters. Uh, and all I caught was one little three-pounder. But that's, we won't mention that. <laughs> and uh, and the, other, the other one of the lads who uses my bait, uh, there's one koi in there, an orange koi. They call it the carrot. And he caught that fish uh, using my nut bait. Uh, and bear in mind, there's only one of them in there. And I don't think it, come, it comes out a bit, but I don't think it's like a complete mug. It can't be a mug because it's in pristine condition. It's been in there since it was about five pounds. It's 26 pounds now. So anyway, we went down, went down again four weeks later 
and I caught it on the same bait. <laughs> you know, it's sometimes it, it just fish have definitely got taste preferences. Mm. Uh, and what about old carp versus younger carp? Do you feel that their tastes change as they age? I I hundred percent believe this is where milk proteins are a big edge. I think personally, you got to tell us about that then. You got to go into that, mate. Uh, I I, pers- I personally think. I mean, I I haven't been on anywhere for a while, um, and really used this milk protein bait of mine because I've, I've I've been messing about. I've you know I sell a few different baits and. Um, I'm actually using that milk protein bait tonight on one rod, so we'll see what happens. Um, I'm 100% convinced that old carp that have been seeing boilies for a long time, let's say 30 years plus, um, have definitely... I Well, no, they've probably got two things. I think old Big carp, especially big old carp, I think that amino acid requirements is different than smaller carp. Let's say carp under 20 pound. Um, and then I also think because of the age of the carp and the effect that amino um, melt proteins with the casein and the caseomorphins can have on the brain, I definitely think you get a stronger reaction from old carp if you use a bait that's got good levels of casein in. I think it's because of the... It, the, the best analogy I can use is somebody who's packed in smoking. Yeah? Somebody who's smoked for 40 years um, and only been packed in for three years, if they were presented with a cigarette after they've had a few beers, there's a higher chance that they're going to take that cigarette because of the because of the brain chemistry and all, and all the rest of it and all the memories and all and the addiction the strength of the addiction and I, and I think a similar thing happens with the uh, search image that the carp gets an older carp if it's been eating baits because you've got to remember milk proteins were, were a big thing in boilies 30 years ago 40 years ago so the these these really old carp have uh, probably had lots of baits with milk proteins in uh, and I have noticed 100% that you do seem to catch I mean it's, it's a difficult thing to do on waters with loads of carp in um, but you I think there's definitely some sort of gravitation by large old carp to milk proteins um, but the thing where it falls down now uh, I think is because you know, you get lots of large carp now that are not that old. You know, you can you can be fishing for forty pounders that are ten years old. Mm. I mean, oh yeah, I'm to- specifically talking about the old fish because I mean, you, 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 you yeah, can... I think sizes. I don't know actually. That's a good. So let's say you've got like an ancient fifty-year-old carp, right? Same style. Yeah. Same lineage. One of them's twenty pounds. One of them's upper forty. Do you feel they would have a difference in food preference, in food requirements, or do you think it's just the, the age that that would determine their requirements? If that makes sense. 
Well, it, it's a big subject. It's a bit of both. I, I, I honestly think that um, larger carp, let's say, let's say, let's say over, let's say over thirty pound. I think that I think that the nutritional requirements is different than carp that haven't got the genetic potential to get bigger than 20, 22 pound or whatever. Okay, so so how do we pitch our bait so we're targeting those bigger fish? Well, I mean, for me personally, I I do still believe um, in the milk protein thing. I mean, not just not just the casein either. I think whey protein is a, another big one um, in your bait. Okay. So I mean, I mean, to me, to me, a, 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 a very large carp. I mean, whatever people want to. I, I wouldn't be calling a twenty-five pounder a very large carp. It's a it's no. a big fish. It's a decent fish. Well, it's not a very large carp. Not by today's uh, standards. I think, no. no, no. I mean, even a 30-pounder in some areas is not even a very large carp anymore. Yeah, exactly. Which is a bit mad to me, but that's just how it is now, you know. Um, but I think that they are... the de- Well, I mean, the difference anyway, straight away, they're different because they're bigger. So yeah. there's obviously something going on with their genetics and makeup, conversion rates and all the rest of it that makes them bigger. But as I say, things are changing now because you can get you get loads of lakes that are full of whackers. It's not like it used to be, is it? You know. No, no, it's definitely not. It is. It's definitely not. So, to to kind of move this around a little bit, and uh, what I want to do is I want to give people real usable info so like we you know we covered so many different topics and there's like absolute gems within it um and i'd urge people to get these little things that pique your interest and then go research it and and uh, you know figure things out for yourself and that's how it's done you know that 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 is how it's done that's how learning is done well but i mean i i will just say i will just say one thing sam if i can right well, now um well after, after the last podcast I did get quite a lot of messages and emails and all the rest of it. And I wasn't being rude, but I've been down that route before answering them all. And you can spend forever in a day. Um, all, all, all I would say is I'm being pretty open uh, and I'm trying to help people like you guys having me on or uh, chatting about bait. And all, all I'll say to people is if there's anything that you want to know about, just like really listen to the podcast and, and then do your own work. Because to me, you don't want everything on a plate. You just want a snippet of information and then go from there. You know, that's how I've always done it. Yeah, it's, it's like well, I said this so many times. It's like a different hobby, isn't it? And yeah, often, yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah. but what I was going to say is just to give people something usable, right? A lot of people that listen to this, this podcast make their own hook baits. So let's just give them a, a brief, you know, hook bait 101. Actually, not even hookbait 101. Let's say you were going to create the ultimate hookbait, Dean. Yeah? It's not, you know, yeah. match not match your feed bait. This is for... Uh, let's find it another way. Single bait. Right? So how would you formulate the ultimate single bait? It's got to be super attractive. It's It's got to be palatable because you need them to suck it in, you know, with gusto, obviously. How would you formulate that? ultimate single hook bait what would you put in 
I'll tell you, right, I'll tell you when I get back, because I'm just going to my barrier bag, because that's where my beer is. <laughs> so I'll, be back, I'll be back shortly. Okay. No worries. Yeah. All right, mate. Where did we leave off? Ultimate hook bait. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not really known as a hook bait guy locally, mm. uh, which is a bit crazy, really, because anybody who knows about bait, I mean, uh, they know what makes carp tick and they know what attracts them and all the rest of it. And 90% of the people that buy bait from me catch all the carp on my hook baits. So, but, I mean, what you ought to do is get some of these hook bait guys on and interview one of them and see what they say. But I'll give you my answer. Because um, anybody who knows I make bait knows I make a good hook bait anyway. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, the ultimate hook bait. It depends what it, it depends. What do you mean? A fluoro or. Let's say you're going to a venue, you've seen carp show at fucking 100 yards or whatever. You want to put one single bait out. Yeah, but, yeah, go on, carry on, but and then I'll, I'll have a bit of a retort because I've got something I've got to say. Yeah, you're just putting a single bait out, mate. What's the most attractive you could make it? Most yeah, well, likely that they will suck that rig in with gusto, let's say that. Yeah, way. now, the thing is, though, I sell loads of so-called match the hatch hook baits, right? But they're not—they're not simply a match the hatch hook bait. They're as close that you can get. All my hook baits that are supposedly match the hatch are all boosted, you know. And I do state that on all my catch reports. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And, and they are—they are supremely effective. Even the bottom baits, you know, just 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 a. Rock hard, pretty hard, loads of egg album in it, and a bait that's otherwise quite soft. Make a make a match the attitude bait, even a bottom bait. The attractor levels are all boosted up, and and they catch loads of fish for people who buy bait from me. Let's um, let's try let's try it a different way, okay? Let's say you have to go about your angling for one year, and I realise this is a fucking ridiculous question, but I think it will give a good answer. You've got to go about your angling for one year and you can only use your hook bait that you have on your rig. No free offerings, nothing else. How would you formulate that hook bait? Basically, you've got to formulate the ultimate hook bait here, mate. Go. Well, I mean, the, the, this is where this is where I'll give you my take on the hook bait craze, you know, because at the minute there's a massive hook bait craze. I mean, you've got God knows how many companies selling hook baits. They all, all profess to be the best thing since sliced bread um, and all the rest of it. But there's only, there's, 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 there's certain things that I would not make a hook bait without, um, you know, um, and, and they're all, they're all additives. They're all, low-level additives uh, and you, you can you can even make hoop baits with these things in uh, without any essential oil in or flavor and carp will pick them up um, but for me the, the, the most the most crucial things in hoop baits 
all the additives in hook baits. Um, like, I mean, you talk about palatability. Um, and yeah, to a degree, you've got to get that right. But it's the attraction, isn't it, for a hook bait. It's all about the attraction. It's all about instigating a response from the carp to pick it up, an efficient rink, bang, job done, sucked it in, nailed, caught, and that's it. Uh, so, it's, so what, it's a massive what, area. What are these? What are these additives you wouldn't roll one without? Got to give the game away, yeah, don't I? Go on. Well, we've 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 already spoke about some of them. Uh, I wouldn't. I would never make a bait without citric acid ever. Really, a bait any, or a hook a, bait? any bait? Any any bait, hook bait or bait ever without citric acid. Not not any bait ever. Not without even, citric acid. Even if you're using, but a you've got to get flavor. the levels right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even if you use fruit, I I I sell fruit flavored hook baits and baits. Um, all got citric acid in. All catch loads of fish. How much do you use? Not too much and, and not too little. <laughs> How much is that? No. I, I, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll actually do. I'll tell I'll tell people the inclusion rate that they want it for in a feed bait, and then I'll let them work out themselves how much they can get away with the nuke bait. Sounds good to me. You, you you don't want any more citric acid. You don't want any more. I mean, you see people on the internet saying one gram per egg. So in other words, six grams per six eggs. But that depends on how big your egg is. You you don't want any more citric acid than six grams per 350 grams of eggs in a feed bait. Okay. Yeah, so then they'll have to work that out for themselves. So bear let's in mind, bear in mind with a hook bait, you can possibly get away with a bit more. Bear in mind. Well, you've got to work it all out for yourselves, but that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good starting point for people. There we go. Listeners, you can, you can do your own research <laughs> from, from that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean citric acid is a superb additive. It really is. You obviously find it more effective <clears throat> for hook baits. Am I right in saying that? Or you obviously think it's a, a bit of an edge in hook baits rather than a feed bait? Yeah, you've got to get you've got to get it right and you've got to get it right in the baits. It's critical mm-hmm. in the baits. It's not it's not nowhere near as critical in the feed baits. Why is that though? I mean, it is critical in the feed bait because if you go too high, they they won't want to eat your bait properly. But I'll tell people what they can put in a bait. But in oot baits, there's, there's various factors for for the oot baits. So yeah, what that I'm not asking you. I mean, look, I'm I'm sort of taking the piss a little bit, tongue in cheek, but. Why? Why do you feel it's more important to get that level right in the hook bait than it is the feed bait? Because the feed bait, they have to pick that bait up time and time and time again, whereas the hook bait, they no, don't. No, 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 it's no, it's it's ju- it's just as important in the feed bait. And I've given people the the level there in the feed bait, but there's a lot of other factors coming into play in the hook bait, which are what? Remember, what a hook factors? bait does uh, well. A hook bait doesn't get eaten and chewed up and all the rest of it. So Sam often um, mocks me because, I mean, I use citric acid in my hook baits. And then whenever we talk about this on the podcast, like there's a certain like um, hook bait I'll use, I'll put citric acid in. 
And Sam will ask me like, yeah, but how much are you putting in per egg? And I'm like, half, I'll say half a teaspoon. But literally yeah. for me, Dean, I'm talking half a teaspoon. I'm grabbing a teaspoon out of the drawer. Yeah, yeah. And I do half a teaspoon. Like, I'm not doing an official measurement. It's basically a dash. I'm putting like a dash of citric no, no, acid per To be egg. honest with you, to be honest with you, for simplicity's sake, mm. I know the weight of what I put in, but I do do it by volume. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and to be honest with you, you're, not, you're pretty much on the money there with that. Okay. Well, I, I like that. I, I know for me and my hook baits, it, ma- it makes a difference. I'm a big citric acid guy. I use, I've yeah, it used does. it for years and years. Yeah. And I literally do half a teaspoon. And for me, it makes a big difference. And you, you can, you you're can talking get... about tiny, tiny amounts, more or less, and how much of it is lost in the boiling process. When For me... Exactly. Exactly. exactly how, much, yeah. how much is lost in the boiling process. Uh, exa- depends how long you cook the bait for, all the rest of it, what else is in the bait. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I, I would say, I would say, one of the lads asked me this year. Uh, he, we were on about oak baits because he, he was, he was like, you know, he wanted me to make certain oak baits for him, and can we play about with this and all the? the and he said, well, he, he just said to me, "What's what's the most important thing for you in a in a hook bait?" Uh, like, and he's going, "Which flavors and all the rest of it?" He goes, and I just said, "The powders." Not, not, not the, not the flavors, the additives. I think the additives are more important. You say additives, so we've got citric acid as one. What would be the others? Mm, various things. <laughs> I mean, I, I do use betaine. I, I tell you, what, I tell you another thing. What I'll, I'll tell people: don't use betaine HCL. Don't. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, don't use it. So. Only the anhydros. Yeah, use that every time. Can I ask why? Well, the the anhydrous betaine uh, isn't joined to the hydrochloric acid, so it's a to- it's a different molecule, and it's a closer resemblance to natural betaine that a carp will come across in the lake. Uh, and and I think there's, I think it's far better, far more attractive more closely resembles what the carp will find naturally. And also, uh, I have had various issues over the years when I've, where sometimes I've had to use hydrochloride because I haven't been able to get hold of anhydrous and you can get different issues with it. I mean, you've got to remember, it's uh, acidic as well, so it can affect things in the bait. So I, I, I've even said to myself this year, uh, I had a short period at the start of the year where I couldn't get hold of any anhydrous. So I had to get some hydrochloride, uh, and I've actually said now, if ever it happens again, no, there's no beating in the bait. I'll I'll, re- I'll use none rather than use really? hydrochloride. Yeah, I'm See, not using this again. I'm sure it was Keith Sykes who was a real proponent of betaine B- HCl. I, it might not be Keith. Yeah, 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 sure yeah, yeah. Probably is, probably is, because it's Nutribates. Nutribates have only ever sold that one. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, I've got a bit of a question. So the, <clears throat> a lot of companies sell like a beta stim sort of liquid. Yeah. Where would that sort of fall between the two? Well, that, that's, that's basically the anhydrous because it's, it's a natural betaine product. You can't, you know, I've never used that, that sort of stuff myself, uh, the liquids, but yeah. Oh, I tell a lie, I have because I've used beet molasses and beet molasses has got betaine in. It's just it's the same thing as a beta stim really. Okay. 
sorry, Sam, you carry on, mate. Yeah, so, so I was going to say, I mean, you'd use um, citric acid at a mysterious level in with your hook baits. You know, <laughs> yeah, man, I ain't going to let that go. <laughs> you'd also use betaine as well, betaine and hydros. What, what kind of, because I mean, I'll, I'll preface this question. I've, uh, I've just like put betaine crystals in a liquid and chucked it on boilies and I'm sure it's made a difference. So I think yeah. you can use betaine at possibly higher levels than some people might think. How much would you use for yeah. like a one egg hook bait mix? Like half a gram, one gram more? No, 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 more than that. Couple, couple of grams, couple of grams. Per egg mix. Yeah, yeah, or or or, or for simplicity's sake, a five mil teaspoon. Yeah. Wow. Okay, alongside a gram or so of uh, citric acid. Yeah, you can get you can get away with a gram. A gram will work. Hmm. So you'd use quite high levels of citric acid and betaine together in one bait, and you wouldn't worry about that being a bit too much. No, no, because they're working. They're, they're they're totally different animals. Citric acid and citric acid and betaine are doing totally different things on the bait. So they are, but so they're you, both they're both do. They are, but you've still got strong attraction from different areas from the carp. Do you not think that in itself could be a hindrance? You've still got what? Sorry. So, so you've got you, you've you've still got strong attraction properties from the betaine and the citric acid, and there may be flavour. They're all working in different mechanisms with the carp's chemoreception, but they're all they're all signalling very high frequencies to the carp. Do you think that in itself could be an issue? It's like the carp has come across this thing that's like powering out signals to it. Do you not think that could be counterproductive? Um, the the only trying to think of trying to think of something that I've ever made and I've, and I've thought don't want to pick that up or see I do I I sometimes design things back to front some sometimes my well, it's not back to front. It's it's how it should be, really. Where it's not how most people would do it. I'll design it on paper before I make it. That's how I do it. Rather than, rather, well, yeah, but some people will make it, won't they, and then see what happens without designing it on paper. Don't know. Do they? Yeah, I bet they do. I bet most people who who, who make a, a hook bait will possibly go, oh, I'm going to put some betaine in. And they won't do any research or oh, citric yeah. acid. They won't do any research. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, or, yeah. They won't, or they won't work anything out on paper. No. They'll just go, yeah, we'll chuck that in. Uh, and they'll make it and they'll take it to the lake and see what happens. See, I don't do that. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. I think most people bang a flavour in, bang some betaine yeah. and some citric acid in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, but, the, yeah, but, the, 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 yeah, but they, wouldn't, um, they wouldn't like think they'll get some information on um a scientific paper on msg or citric acid or magna suite or whatever and see what dose is used it at in in the in the in the in the paper and then work out what they can actually do with that how they can um 
transfer that to a car bait because they just people don't do that, do they? Because no. you know, not have, they'll they'll just chuck it all together and see if it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, no, I agree with you. In terms of sweetener, you you just alluded to uh, to sweeteners. Is there a sweetener that you you have like a go to sweetener or? Mix it up. I've used various. I've, u- I've used various sweeteners. Um, you can't always get all the information about them that you want. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tell t- you what I will say. I tell you what I will say. Um, I mean, Talin, you know, th- uh, Martin as they call it. It's Formatin, you know, yeah. it's it's yeah. They, they, they talk about it. Um, as if it's the ultimate sweetener, but I've never really found it to be. I've used it, but I've never really. I've used other sweeteners that don't cost as much, and they're just as good. So when you there's, there's loads of sweeteners, you can you can get you can get loads of different sweeteners. You can get powdered sweeteners. Some of those are very good. Um, there's loads of liquid sweeteners. You can use bulk sweeteners like molasses. I mean, if you want a sweetener, cheap and cheerful sweetener for a pop up. Put ten ml of molasses in the popper. Job done. Sweetener. Mm. Do you, do you feel there's an issue with tallin, or you just don't think it's worth the money? Well, tallin. Mm. No, no, it's good. It works. It works. But it's like me. I mean, I, I'm always devil's advocate with everything. Anything that's popular, you know, I always try and break the myth, like you know, because. As I say, I just think people are like very sheepish with lots of things in life, and if something gets a massive reputation, then it's immediately assumed to be the best thing out there. But I don't always agree with that. Yeah, Dean, something something that does have a good reputation, and it actually has a a lot of field practice to back it up. Nuts. Why are nuts so effective? What? Tigers? Peanuts? Brazil nuts? What? Well, I mean, all of them. I mean, peanuts are actually a, a lagoon, but we, you know, let's class them as nuts. Uh, tiger nuts are a, a tuber. Brazil nuts is a true nut. So they're all they're not true nuts, but they're all very effective. I mean, certainly I've found them very, very effective in my angling. Peanuts, I've had a lot of carp on, really good carp on peanuts. Um, yeah, they're a good bait. Fucking good, good bait, bait, aren't they? Underused, obviously. Yeah. Look, look, let's just put a disclaimer yeah. out because this is public. Look, you can you can use them um, irresponsibly. Don't put them in by the sack, raw or anything like that. Make sure they're properly prepared. Don't overfeed them, and yeah. they're absolutely safe. To I mean, use. yeah, but yeah, and, and you, you haven't bait. got to worry anymore. You've, you've not got to worry anymore about the aflatoxin thing because any peanut you buy is aflatoxin free. Doesn't matter. There, there's no aflatoxin. Can't even come in. Exactly. You yeah, can't. They, can't, they, can't, they can't even come into the country anymore with any of that, and it's, so you don't, you don't got to worry about that. Yeah, exactly. You know, that that used to be one big thing that was touted about. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can go wherever you want and buy peanuts <laughs> and they're safe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, as long as they're not too old. If they've been stored somewhere, they, then they can develop. But yeah. Do you know um, what? I, yeah, I got some peanuts cheap from BM Home Bargains or something. There was visible mold on them. So don't use those. Get some yeah, good yeah. ones. Mold Valley. Yeah. Mole Valley own brand is what I use. They're, they're good peanuts. They're decent price. Um, but anyway, you know, peanuts, yeah. really good bait. 
very effective. Carp freaking love them. What do you yeah. feel is the key to them being so successful? And we can liken that with tiger nuts, which are actually a tuber. We can liken I, that I with think, um, nuts. I, th I think all the nuts um, all bring something different to the table. The peanuts totally different to the tiger nut. Yeah. Um, you know, peanuts are actually, they're not actually a low nutritional value bait. I mean, pe people have said over the years that they are, but they're not. You know, they've got reasonably good levels of protein. There's loads of fat in there. There's loads of energy. There's sugar in there. So they're not actually a bad bait. Um, can't love them. Yeah, why? Well, they've got every, everything's there. Everything's there from a from a peanut. Isn't it? You've got amino acids. You've got sugars. You've got fats. Um, so, so they're, they're attractive because you've got to remember something that's been prepared. So if that's been soaked, yeah, in hot water and then cooked in hot water, it's basically a hydrolyzed product because you've started hydrolyzing everything that's in it. Mm. So you've already broke, you've already broken everything down. So everything's all leaking out of the bait, partly broken down. You know, and, the, and this is the big word now: hydro, hydrolysis. But that, that's what you're doing with you're doing that with every single particle that you ever use and cook. You're hydrolyzing something. Mm. That's all hydrolysis is breaking things down. Yeah, exactly. Hydro. The the, the clue is in the name. Hydro. Yeah. Water. Yeah. 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 Bit of amylase and you're away, eh, Dean? Yeah, a bit of amylase. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. You're poking the fire at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? Like we, we can, we can you know, spend hours on spreadsheets, balancing up aminos and, you know, getting all the vits and mins. You can put in something like a Brazil nut, which is not nutritionally complete. Yes. It's got a lot of attractive things in there, but it's, it's miles away from the boilie that you've spent fucking years perfecting. And that on its day will will catch will outfish a boilie, without a doubt. I've, I've had that. I've had some big special. I mean, it's that. like tiger nuts. It's not a bait. It's not a bait that I've ever really used. I mean, I use tiger nut meal and I use tiger nut flour and and the nut bait that I sell, um, and it does catch plenty of fish. But mm. I personally think that the 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 whole attraction of a tiger nut is the sugar content because there's not really a great deal of anything in a tiger nut other than sugar. So if, if ever if ever anyone needed uh, any more proof um, whether sugars are attractive to carp or not, then just just tell them just look at the tiger nuts. If you think tiger nuts are any good, then yeah, you know they're just full of sugar. Sugars are big, aren't they? Especially at certain times of year, I think sugars come into their own, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Um, like now, 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 when the water's getting cold, now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's 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 that's, that's the sugar time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Moving on to, we mentioned this early on in this episode, and we mentioned it in the last episode. Um, solitary sensor cells, receptor cells. This is an area... Solitary sensory cells, yeah. Yeah, solitary sensor cells. Um, this is an area in carp chemoreception that, that is obviously not well written about, not well explored, not well studied whatsoever. 
what what is it you know about this can you bring any light to this can you give us any clues anything to go on because it's it's a totally new area for me i'll be honest with you yeah i mean i mean they've been known about for a long time um but obviously the only systems that have been extensively studied is the olfactory system and the gustatory system and that's it yeah um, and they found they found the specific agonists for those. But then when they do, I mean, there is studies going on for these solitary sensory cells, but they just seem to react to virtually anything. You know, so, so, so what, when people are saying, well, <clears throat> let's jump into that. Why is that? Why why would they have this mechanism that they can detect? shed loads of different things why would they have that well i mean i suppose it's an evolutionary thing i mean if you live in water it's got to be advantageous that you can detect anything that enters the water so you know um whereas the whereas the gustatory and the olfactory systems are all centered around food acquisition the solitary sensory cells could be centered around both food acquisition and uh, survival, you know, uh, sensing different things in the water. So if you were to liken that to a human phenomena, it would be touch. Like we can touch is what, what is around us. Yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. know if it tastes yeah. good. We don't know if it feels good, but we can we can touch it. Yeah, or, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of everything, isn't it? I mean, in a human, it's like... If somebody's blind or, or or deaf, then I dare say that throughout the life they'll have more accidents than somebody who's able-bodied because the, the, there's a f better advantage in the environment than, than the other person. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, but the the solitary sensory cells um, probably goes some way to explaining why the people who are big on the amino acid thing and bait can't answer half of the questions what people ask them because <coughs> they don't take it into consideration. They just say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all about gustation, olfaction. It's amino very one-dimensional, one or maybe two-dimensional. One-dimensional. It's one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. And that's, and that's not the only thing in, in, in bait. And there's, there's cross – well, I mean, in my profession, we talk about cross-reactivity. You know, so one thing on its own, is it good or is it bad? You can't answer that question. You know, relevance to something else, is there cross-reactivity happening? Much like we say with the amino acids, let's say, you know, Valine might have a certain score in terms of palatability. You put that with something else, cysteine or something, it's going to change that thing. It's cross-reactivity that we need to look into, isn't it? Yeah. You can't yeah, take yeah, everything yeah. in one-dimensional face value. This is the problem, I think. No, and that and that's why and that's why I say to you, when when we're talking about anything to do with nitrate amino acids, it's just not relevant to um, a situation in the lake. Yeah, yeah. Or or from or from a complete food stuff, a boilie or whatever. Yeah. Because it's not presented to the fish in that way. No, and even if we wanted to explore that, what would we do? We would test them in relation to other amino acids. That's still pretty limited thinking, isn't it? Because what happens when you've got a blend of amino acids and then you add on top some nucleotides? Is that going to change the, the, the chemoreception totally? Could well do. You don't know that, do you? Yeah, yeah. Well, do you well know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
we 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 constantly simplify things and uh yeah it doesn't always work like that does it mate i guess that's why I, that's why. i mean so i mean so <laughs> i mean sometimes like you know pe- people have said about me or or various other people who make bait and they say you're too obsessed with the bait and not not catching the fish but that's not true that, that isn't true at all i mean <laughs> You'll ne- you'll never find anybody who can make an half decent bait who hasn't caught caught a few carp because it just yeah. won't happen, will it? You know, it just won't happen because you've got to tie everything's got to come. It's got to be everything, hasn't it? You know, you you've got to, you've got to sort of caught a few fish and because you can't you can't learn everything from theory, can you? you no, know? I don't think so. I don't I don't think you can never have fished before, <laughs> but have all the answers to bait. Because you've got to link yeah. it up to you, experience. You, 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 it, it you, works both ways. Well, ways yeah. Through. I mean, you, you couldn't have, let's say, for instance, I mean, this will probably never happen. But let's say, for instance, some university in the country started doing uh, a bachelor's, a BSc, uh, bait making science. Yeah. And you get loads of people enrolling on it. Um, and they start doing this. And they do three years to get this bachelor's, BSc, uh, mm-hmm. bait science. And then they all start bait companies up, and none of them have gone fishing any before. Yeah. You know, yeah. I dare say, I dare say, most of them won't even make a decent bait. Mm. No, uh, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. And and the thing is, like I said before, you need to constantly test. You could get a, pe- a a bait that looks fucking amazing on paper. You could have spent ten years designing it until that bait goes out and delivers the goods time and time and time again in different waters not just one water yeah. you cannot call it yeah, a good yeah. bait this is the thing no and it's you, you well, know, this is the thing you you you're as a bait maker you're constantly testing this stuff and it's fucking hard isn't it you probably catch less fish as, as a result but then you get that bait that really fucking works well on a certain water or all yeah. waters, and then you reap the rewards, don't you? So it swings and roundabouts. Yeah, but yeah, but then then usually by the time you've got that, you're selling plenty of that bait to people, and then you're on to the next thing because by the time you've got that one bang on, something else is in your head, and you're on to the next thing. Then. <laughs> well, you're saying that's just selling. A, that's just I'm like, not selling anything. I'm just yeah. testing myself. But yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But like yeah. for me, yeah, for me, you know. I have, well, I've got so many different things I want to test. I can't test them all. Like, there's no, there's no I mean, I, I, you can't do it. I mean, I, 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 I've been, with, I've been playing about with um, powdered additives. Um, I mean, I started using ground bait and started selling it again. I mean, I always used to use ground bait for cart fishing years ago, and I sort of forgot. It was a forgotten art. And then I started using it a bit more. I'll tell you why I started using it a bit more. I went down Linear. It's not somewhere I have a fish. I've only fished there a couple of times. And uh, I see what these kids are doing with the zigs. They're all using ground bait and they're smashing them up. And I thought, missing a trick here. I've stopped using ground bait years ago and I don't use ground bait anymore. So started using ground bait again um, based on one of my baits. Well, I'd sell ground baits based on all the baits now. Uh, and, then, and then I built on that and I thought to myself, People are actually, well, well, they're not missing a trick because, I mean, you spoke about the fact that you've uh, had good success um, glugging your baits, but I, I actually went a step further and I, and I thought to myself, 
I've got all these ingredients and all these additives and all the rest of it that I swear by, but I'm incorporating all of them, bar none, before I did the ground meats, into boilies that have been cooked. And straight away, you're negating the effectiveness of anything as soon as you cook it. I'm not saying you're completely nullifying it, because you're not. But you're probably taking it from 100% down to maybe, in the best case scenario, 60%. So I started thinking to myself, missing a trick here, because if you, if, you, if you think these things are that good, the best way you can use these in your traps, I'm not saying um, entirely, is by using them in a neat form. You know, because something that's neat and hasn't been um, affected by a cooking process or the solubility hasn't been affected is far more potent and far more soluble than anything that's been cooked. And, that, and, that, and that's what I've been playing around with for two years. And, and I'm just going to be bringing out a new product now. Um, and it's, it's been very good. It's been very good. Um, and it's not a new thing using sticks and all the rest of it, but it depends what you're incorporating into the sticks, don't it? And, and, and the and the bags and all the rest of it, you know. Yeah, definitely. I've I've started using ground bait. Um, to be fair on you, you alluded to this in our last podcast. You said. Because I've got this idea from two places. One of them is you. You said in the last podcast about using ground bait. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, I was speaking to Kenny Gates um, about his, his ground bait that he's worked a lot on. From the two, I was like, oh, okay, I'll give that a go. I haven't used ground bait for fucking a long time, since I was a kid, probably. But um, yeah, you can, get, you can get the goods in the water in their free form, Without denature. Instantaneously. Very in in instantaneous. Instantly. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, and, uh, I, 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 had, I had one of the lads. I had one of the lads in my unit yesterday. He's down, he's down fishing at Bluebell now. And uh, I've made him, I've made him a, a test bait. Um, because I've got, I've got hold of an attractor, a new attractor. Um, basically, I, I wanted something um, off the flavour he's I'm using with certain things in. So I got, it was fruit baits really. And then the lads have smelted and the oot baits have started catching. One of my mates had been to France and had three fifties off one spot on these oot baits. Um, and then a few of the lads have said, Oh, can you, can you knock me some bait up with it in? So, so at first I, I put in one of the baits that I already sell. And then I said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, no, I'm not. That's it. That's I've done one batch and that's it. Uh, that, that bait doesn't need improving. I don't want to change that bait. It's been, it's been, been catching fish for 13 years um if i'm gonna do a bait for this for this attractor it's gonna be a new bait because there's two things that well there's well, there's five things that i've been wanting to do for a while but there's two two additives that i've never used that i wanted to use um so anyway I, i've rolled in this bait um all in 12 mils as well fucking takes ages <laughs> anyway um and so and so um so there's a bit of this base mix left over for this for this new this new test mix. So I says to him, um, "I'll do some ground bait. I'll do some ground bait with this." And he's like, "Ground bait? 
I'm going, yeah, 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 ground bait. He said, oh, I didn't use ground bait. I said, well, you might want to start thinking about using it because, like, like you just said, I'll be totally honest with you, I've, I've, I've gone on very few waters and used ground bait in the last two years and not caught. Very few waters. Whether it just be uh, in a spod mix, dusting the baits with it in a bag, in a stick, wet it down with some liquids. It, it just seems to do the business all the time. Uh, and, and, and I said, I, I said to him, I said, I said, Luke, I said, the way you got to look at it is, yeah, I said, not with this bait because it's a new bait. I said, but say with Super Orange, which is the bait he's been using of mine. I said, if you think that bait's any good, and obviously you do think it's good because you caught plenty of fish on it. Um, there isn't a better way of introducing all of those tastes and smells from that bait into the water than from a ground bait that's made out of the base mix that that bait's made out of. And and he just like said, well, yeah, I didn't think about it like that. I said, well, it's not been cooked. It's got all the same ingredients in. Uh, None of the solubility has been lost. It's an instantaneous hit. It's in the water. I said, and if you walk around the lake, 90% 90% of the time, 90% of the people are doing the same thing. Oh, yeah, I've put two kilo out and I've put a couple of pop-ups over the top or whatever. Uh, ground bait, is a, it's an underused tactic. I mean, you know that yourself now. If you've been using it, you've been catching on it, then it really is an underused tactic. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of mileage in it. There really is. Dean, there's, there's four questions that I want to ask you before this before we end this podcast and I'm not suggesting we're ending it anytime soon maybe we are it depends how you're doing for time but you mentioned on our last chat our last podcast that there was an essential oil that you needed to source from elsewhere it's not from oils for life um what is that essential oil well that's it Mm. Yeah, well, there's a couple that they don't sell, aren't there? Have you noticed? There's quite a few. You've got to, you've got to, look, a couple. Yeah. You've got to look through their website. Yeah, they, they, oh, yeah, do they sell black pepper? Do they, do, do they? Do they sell black pepper? Uh, pass, but I, I, I've, got black, I've got black pepper from elsewhere anyway. They do. Yeah, there's just one I needed, and they, didn't, and they don't sell it. Yeah, I, I had I had success on black pepper back in the well, quite a while ago, probably eight years ago, seven years ago, something like that. Black pepper, yeah, black pepper was a good one. Yeah, it 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 does work. I've used baits, I've used baits with it in. Um, never thought it was anything to set the world on fire. And then when I got the book, what I've had for a good number of years, it all became clear why, because it's just nowhere near as reactive as. Um, Lots of other ones. Mm. It, it's thermogenic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that there might be something in in thermogenesis of of food stuffs for carp. I think. Yeah, I think, I think I think there is. I think there is. I mean, we touched on this before, but I mean, it, you're talking you're talking minute amounts, and but it's the same in humans. I mean. You know, people say, oh, on a nice cold night, have a tot of whiskey. And it doesn't make your body any warmer. It just makes your mouth warm and it makes you feel better. Exactly. You say in small amounts, but how is that carp judging its body? 
what site, what part of that carp has the most sensory input? Its mouth. So if if that yeah. if that essential oil for this instance, if oh, it's warming its, its, its mouth, taste, yeah, it's is, taste, is that enough it's for taste it? Taste system does exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I so mean, if so if it's yeah. that trigger, that box is ticked. Is it not like, oh, this is warming me up? I mean, I'm putting it in in layman's terms here. Do you see what yeah, I'm I mean, a, a, a yeah, a carp's um, the carp's brain. If you if you actually do any research on a carp's brain, which you might do if you're weird like me, um, I've done a little bit. The 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 largest proportion of the carp's brain sensory input is dedicated to taste and that's because it's a bottom feeder so it has to know and its brain has to process the taste of everything otherwise it'll just start eating rocks and it won't get any food nutrition out of the rocks um you know there's far less of a the proportion of a carp's brain dedicated to vision because it's not a sight feeder historic it's not it's not classically a side feeder, although carp do obviously use vision to feed. Well, it uses its taste system mainly. But when you're talking about um, the thermogenic aspect, um, it's not really going through the mouth because the carp hasn't got the same. The carp hasn't got the same receptors that we've got that sense hot chilies and things like that. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean. You know, I did. I did see a podcast of somebody else who was who was talking about bait, and uh, he said, you know, it makes the carps out mouth hot, but it doesn't because they haven't got the receptor. And I can prove it to you. Um, but that's not to say that if you feed a carp something that's thermogenic, it doesn't increase its body temperature by 0.1 degree. Now, 0.1 degree might seem like nothing. No, it's but if that 0.1 degree, yeah, if that 0.1 degree has the same effect on a carp as a tot of whiskey does for you on a cold winter's night, mm. then that's doing the job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can I jump in from a completely different aspect of this? Um, <clears throat> so what's your view on a carp's eyesight, Dean? Do you think they like see into the infrared spectrum? Oh, that's yeah. a huge yeah. topic. But... <clears throat> Go on. Yeah. So this, again, talking of like thermogenic and things... Last time I mentioned um, calcium chloride. Yeah. Now, calcium chloride, when you mix that with water, and I'm talking like in a large quantity here. Generates heat. It really, really yeah. generates heat, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. think that's got anything, any sort of mileage um, in it? I don't know, because if you add it to particles, it's going to be all dissipated by the time you put it in the water, isn't it? I, I guess so, yeah. I don't know yeah, how... The reaction, the reaction's gone, isn't it, and spent as soon as it's in the water. Presumably, yeah. I don't know how sensitive a carp's vision may be to it, but... Oh, the vision? Yeah. Oh, you, you're looking at it from that angle, are you? The, so, the carp, yeah, yeah, so from, yeah, from an yeah, intra, sorry. infrared sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's actually funny you should say this, because well, not last winter, but the winter before... Uh, I, I got a ticket for this new water. I mean, it's not really anything special, but it used to be dead man's shoes. It's never had big carp in, but it's a real nice lake. Uh, and anyway, I started fishing it in, um, in January, and there was, there was not really anybody catching. And uh, I was using ground bait on there, 
I was actually making the ground bait with uh, hot water from the cattle. I was boiling the cattle on the bank. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was catching. I was catching. Um, and some of the takes were quite quite quick. Uh, not all of them, but some of them were quite quick. And, yeah, I mean, they can, def- they can sense heat and things. I mean, as regards vision, um, with the infrared thing, you've got to remember... That they probably can't see, even the even if they can see in the infrared spectrum, it's probably only only on things that are reflecting any infrared light. Okay. Uh, a lake at a, a lake at night. Uh, I mean, you you're probably looking at it um, from the point of view of an infrared camera, aren't you? Like what the police use and things like that. Yeah, I don't know. I remember reading and i want to say it was i'm gonna say it was ken townley but i could be completely wrong on this but he wrote some articles or someone else i'm sure it was ken anyway um talking about sort of like a carp's infrared vision and actually sort of like how they could they believe they could see sort of like a bivy if the bivy's sort of door was up and it was retaining heat they believe they could see it from from the water's edge I tell you what, that yeah. Well, um... to, so Ken has mentioned it, uh, and the the carp's vision to to to, to heat etc. But believe it or not, Dean, he actually cited you as the source of his knowledge of that, and he basically said, oh, yeah, well, he's basically said he yeah, couldn't but... give the game away because he owed it to you, and it was your information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had an article published on. Um... Carp's UV vision and and big carp in about uh, 2013-14 uh, because a carp can see in UV and I think that's far more important than infrared. So to, to, yeah, to, to, this is this is this is fucking fascinating and and I think Dean, to be honest, I think you got quite a lot to talk about on on the carp's vision. Before we move on to that, I want to bring it back round to that question that hasn't been answered yet. And I realize I'm really pushing you, Dean, but I, I guess that's kind of my role as, as host. Um, this essential oil that you don't want to mention that you couldn't get from Oils for Life, what is it? Because it isn't, it's not black pepper oil. No, no. No, I'll, uh, I mean, I'll tell you, it's garlic, garlic. Hmm. Wow. So that's something, again, I've been using recently. And you were talking yeah. about how these other companies mention using essential oils at really high levels. But garlic essential gar- oil, gar- that is something to es- use. At. Garlic essential oil is probably... I mean, I've never used the Mexican onion one. They reckon that's strong. Mm. Garlic essential oil is rocket fuel. It's potent. It's ridiculous, to be honest. Yeah, it's unbelievable. What, one of my other questions that, that I really want to ask you, on the last podcast, you said circa 2014, you realized that there was glaring holes in the HNV theory, right? This is what you said on the last podcast. What are those yeah. holes and what led you to that discovery? I mean, well, the, the, the first thing I'll say is, um, I mean, you, you, you've introduced me you know, flatteringly as a bait expert. I'm not a bait expert and I don't actually 
think there is a bait expert. There's, there's, there's bait enthusiasts and there's people that know more than other people. Uh, but then, but at the same time, um, there's that many ways of skinning a cat in bait, you know, the, so there's loads of things. As I said, as I said on the last podcast, I spoke to other bait makers, well-known bait makers, time served, highly respected. And they'll say things to me and I'll think, never heard of that. And I'll say things to them and, I'll, and they'll think, Jesus, what are you using that for? So as I say, you know, this, this bait expert thing, I've only ever met one bait expert, expert in my life. Uh, and he doesn't sell bait commercially and he never will do. Alan, uh, uh, Alan Walker, yeah. Alan Walker. Alan Walker, yeah. yeah. I got that wrong, didn't I? Um, you know, never, never, never really ever met anybody who's got that level of knowledge in bait, ever. Um, but anyway, but yeah, this, this uh, HMV theory. Um, as I say, I was... I was massive on it at once at one time. Well, right, right from the early days of me bait making, uh, probably from about, I mean, the first time I made bait was about 1990. So that's 30 years ago, but probably got into it about 93, 94. So that's 26 years. Uh, and I was big on this HMV theory thing and it, and it all added up for years, years and years and years. Yeah. Put fish meal in your bait. It's better. Put fish meal in your bait. You catch bigger fish, put milk protein in your bait. It's better put milk proteins in your bait, just catch bigger fish. Uh, and everything just kept, yeah, 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 reinforcing this HMV theory thing. Um, but then when I actually went on to, went on to a water um, where it wasn't working, because uh, anyway, boilers aren't always the best bait, but anyway, everyone was using boilers anyway. Um, and then I actually started investigating it more. Um, it just became painfully obvious that it just doesn't hold any water. Um, for a start off, you've got to you've got to look at the some of the big players in bait in, in, in England, um, and they don't make they don't make HMV HMV baits at all. Some of the baits are just not HMV baits whatsoever, and they catch fish, they catch loads of fish catch big fish, they keep on working. Uh, they don't always keep on working forever. Well, they might do, but they bring a new bait out before before it stops working. So, um, But then you've got to look at, you've got to look at things like maggots and sweet corn. I mean, I mean, when you say the HMV theory, right, I'll, I'll ask you a question. What's your definition of the HMV theory? My definition of the HMV theory is you've created a bait which sees to all of the carp's requirements on every level of their nutritional needs. And it's something that they could, if they were to only eat that food as a solitary source, they would be healthy, they'd thrive on it. That would be all that they would need. So that boilie gives that carp every single thing that they need to be fit, healthy, and grow nice and strong. And it's all they would ever want as well. That's my idea of a Right. And then, yeah, but don't forget, this is the, that yeah, that's a HMV. But what about the theory? What, what how does your extension to that relate to fishing? 
So my theory is that they, well, no, 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 you're putting words in my mouth. I'm not saying that they would, that that's the way to go. But if I was playing the game, I would no, say. No, 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 yeah, but. If I was playing the game, and I don't actually believe this, but I would say that that bait is surely something that they will eat and keep on eating. It won't blow. So it won't, it yeah. won't work for a while and then not work. And it's something that they will eat with the most confidence above something that was lacking a certain component that they needed from their diet. That's why there I you go. That's that's the well. That's well. That's the that's the general general belief. You know, yeah. is that it's the best bait. They will eat that in preference to something of low nutritional value, and then in most circles, that's been extended to it'll catch the bigger fish. Well, that just doesn't ring true. That just doesn't ring true, does it? Yeah. Uh, and as I say, I've already spoke. I've already spoke about it before. That that particular water that went on with that big mirror in the Parabanth yeah. mirror. Yeah, but but look, I, um, I have to play devil's advocate here because it's my job as as co-host. But yeah, it doesn't ring true because you can say, well, "Look, that fish got caught on a freaking bit of plastic corn." Yeah, that's fine, but that doesn't say that that no fish no 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 that bait. No, 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 it does. Because if you remember what I spoke about before, there was tons of a HMV-type bait of mine going into that water. And it was not catching that fish, but it was catching all the others. And bear in mind that fish is the, still the official late record. Yeah? And that fish preferred a bird food bait. Yeah. What are we doing, fellas? Are we wrapping it up or going on for a bit? Well, I've got I've got one can of beer left. I'm not bothered. I'll carry on. Sure. <laughs> Jesus, you've Do you know what I've had to resort. <laughs> no, no, I haven't drunk all those twelve. I've, <laughs> I've got a few left. I got another question for you if you if you're up for it, mate. Yeah, go on, mate. Thank you. Um, it's a hard question to answer, but on our last podcast, you mentioned about uh, gluteomorphins and, and caseomorphins. You said if if you have the lion's share on a water and you get that bait going in, you can get those fish hooked on the gluteomorphins, right? Or, or caseomorphins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a hard question to answer, and I apologize for putting it to you, but how much bait do you feel you need to give a carp before it starts to get hooked on the gluteomorphins or, or caseomorphins? Not much. Not much? No. Hey, oh, that's, I didn't think you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say a lot. What, what, what individual fish, I, I personally think, hmm. uh, I mean, getting hooked's a bit different, but I wouldn't go that far, but... I don't think it takes them very long to get an attachment for it. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example of, of this year. Um, what, one of my mates, um, who's had bait off me for years, he, he uses, uh, well, he's used all my baits, but he's been using the bird food bait earlier this year, and he's been catching loads of fish on it, but he's been catching a lot. I mean, there's no big, there's 130 in the late waste fishing. Um, and, and he was catching loads using the bird food bait, and I said to him, you probably will get more bites on it to say it's loaded with liquids like it's super duper bang in the face straight away. 
Um, and he, he had a few good hits on it. And he's always used the melt bait. He says, oh, I'm going to go back on the melt bait. Because he's caught this big one before, but for some reason he wants to catch it again now because it's for £30. Um, anyway, he, he's gone on with the with the melt bait. And um, he found him down the shallows on, on the end of the wind. And uh, he nailed him like he had six, six in. It wasn't even an overnight. It was like setting up at eight and packed up at eight in the morning. Uh, yeah, it was an overnight, but a short one. And <clears throat> he had two 20s. He had a 25 and a, a 20 pound Mary. And then he went back about four days later. I mean, he put a fair bit of bait in when he was there. He probably gave him about three key. Um, it's not a lot to some people, but it's a fair bit. And he went back about four days later and he caught the same 20 pound Mary again. And he's caught it again since. He's caught it three times on that bait, and he's only been pouring it in there for about seven weeks. Shit. I mean, you can do that with any bait, but you can only go on what happens, can't you? You can only go on what happens. Mm. Uh, I don't think it takes that long um, if if they're if they're if they're eating it. Um, well, I mean, it's like if you want to use a human analogy, it's like. Say, I mean, I love KFC because I'm a fat bastard. Um, but like the first time you ever have KFC, if you really loved it, if you drive past one three days later, you're probably in there straight away, aren't you? I'll have another one of them, bang. Yeah. What do you think's at play there? It's brain chemistry. It's all. It's all. It's all about brain chemistry. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, a carp, a carp might have a very small brain, which it does have. Compared to us, a carp's brain is tiny. But this, the, the carp's brain still runs on exactly the same set of neurotransmitters as our brain does. Yeah. Have you so, so out of your bait range, right, is there a certain bait or baits that you find tend to do repeat captures, some kind of trend that that like the fish get hooked on it, like no pun intended. The fish keep eating it and eating it and eating it. Is there any common themes between your bait? I rate? mean, I mean, all all of them do. Uh, and, and and as I say, I've just spoke about that melt bait, and then there's the bird food bait, and then there's the other bait that wouldn't catch the big one, but it catches loads everywhere else. Uh, and then there's that that nut bait when we've been down home pool this year and caught the same fish twice in two sessions. It didn't come out in between that those two sessions. That's nuts, isn't it? You know, what's, uh, what, what's the name of that bait? The nut bait, the squirrel. Yeah. That is the squirrel. I called that one. The squirrel. Good, that's yeah. a good name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, uh, fish can get attached to any bait, can't they? But I personally think the strongest attachment reaction is from the melt protein baits mm. the, the the wheat comes a close second but i think it's the milks what's the strongest one yeah so let's say i mean this sounds like a fucking advert now it's not this is totally off the cuff and i'm kind of interested as well because i wouldn't i wouldn't mind using a bit of your bait like you, your knowledge is is head and shoulders above mine of course and uh i'd like to use your bait but so so, so someone coming into into you they they say into you let's say they're fishing a water that that is fairly low stock where it's low stock they're fishing for old fish that don't get caught much i mean where would you point them i i, I always try and get as much information out of them 
about the water that they're fishing as possible, and, and okay. then I'll give them some, and then I'll give them some advice because the the bait the bait that didn't catch the big one from Trentham, which is a big estate lake, seventy acres. I mean, there's it's not really it's not rammed. I mean, fucking hell, it's seventy acres. There's only five hundred carp in there. There's, this is four acres. There's two hundred in here. So, um, well, it's not it's not really what you'd call low stock, but it's not rammed, is it? So it's seventy acres. Mm. Um. But that that bait that that just didn't seem to be catching that fish has caught some big fish from some some real big fish from pressured day ticket big fish waters with not loads in like bluebell kingfish and stuff and Saint Ives and places like that. And it's it's a good bait. It's, it really is a good bait. Okay, so 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 let's say I'm I'm fishing a water that's just under thirty acres and there's eighteen possibly nineteen carp in it what would you suggest to me are they bait fish have they seen much bait or uh yeah yeah they've seen they've seen boily before yeah for 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 many years they don't get caught much they're fucking hard to catch they're old fish big fish get on the peanuts peanuts yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i'm joking um <laughs> I would agree no, with that. I, I mean, I mean, I'd say, I would say, I mean, this is it. I mean, I'm pretty honest, like, but boilies are a very good bait, and ninety percent of the time they, they'll they'll do the business if used if used correctly. Um, but you know, anyone who's been fishing more than a couple of years knows boilies aren't the only bait. They are a very good bait. Yeah. They're convenient for many reasons, and they're a good bait. They're good. They're good for the fish. They're convenient. You can get them out with a throwing stick. <laughs> You can do what you want with them. Um, well, somewhere like that, I mean, I, I'd probably just, I'd probably just go with. Uh, I mean, what do you want me to do? Name, name the bait. I'd probably just use the super orange. I mean, the super orange is the bait they sell the most of. It catches loads of fish from everywhere, but it's the one that it just seems it works everywhere. I mean, all the baits work everywhere, but that that bait's got the best history out of all the baits that I do. Well, I think, I think, I think the reason for that is because. As I've said before, people are very sheepish, and people might take that the wrong way. But people are people follow trends, yeah. Uh, and 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 what you get with bait, because I've seen it many times, because I've been doing this for eleven years as a job. Um, if somebody went on your water with, say, the Red Devil, which is the bird food bait of mine, uh, and caught, let's say, if there's eighteen fish in there, if they caught nine fish in f- three months then a fair few people might start using that bait. And then it's a snowball effect, isn't it? The yeah. more people that use it, the more self bait goes in. The more bait, the more self-fulfilling prophecy. prophecy. Yeah. yeah. The more bait that goes in, the more gets caught. And I think that's what happens with the super orange bait of mine. It's a good bait. It's the old, it's the, it's not the oldest bait of mine. It, it's the oldest bait. It was the first bait that I sold uh, commercially. Um, so it's just got more of a reputation. More people use it. More people buy it. More people buy it. More catch reports. More catch reports. More people buy it. It's job. It's it's the way it goes. Mm. Yeah, and that's a that's a fish meal with orange essential oil. No, no, it's got no, no. I don't. I call it the super orange. Nothing. I mean, I probably should have changed the name years ago because loads of people have got confused about that base. Uh, and they've gone, oh, I don't really like citrus baits. I said, no, no, it's not citrus baits. Oh, I don't like all orange-coloured baits. No, it's not orange-coloured. I've always called it that uh, for one reason, one reason only. When I, when I was just used to make bait 
from the house, from yourself and a few mates. Uh, at that particular time, I had two fish meal baits and one came out green and the base mix was a shade of green and the other one, the base mix was brown when you mixed it and two days later it was orange because it's full of paprika. So sure. I, always used, I always used to say to the lads, which bait do you want? Uh, the green one or the orange mix? And then when I started selling baits, I just called it a super orange. But, you know, you, you'll know yourself with making bait, both of you, that put paprika in a knife and it makes, yeah. makes, your bait, makes your base mix go orange after a couple of days. So, that, so that's, yeah. that's not the bait that you roll that has the sweet orange essential no 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 that's that's, that's the bird the H- food hx no, no no that's the red devil that one oh. red devil the red okay. devil bird food i don't sell much of that bait anymore at one time see it's like i say it's like a snowball effect at one time when, when that bait was catching that big and on trentum all the time and and loads of people were using it and it was catching loads of fish i used to sell loads of that bait but i bet i've only sold about question if i've sold half a ton of that bait this year well, I still sell it because people still use it. So, see the winter time. I'm moving on to a a red bird food spice boilie. Is that something you do, or 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 not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that 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 red devil's spicy because it's got Robin Redden. Well, I don't I don't actually use Robin Redden anymore because it's changed. Um, there's another company that's a bit of an offshoot. Well, they, I think they're ex-employees of uh, Haith's, and they brought another one out called Kingfisher Red, but I was assured that that was mm, the same as the original Robin Red, but it's not quite, to be honest with you. Uh, but what I'm using think, that. What do you think's changed in that, Dean? Well, I know, I know what's changed now, because um, they've had, they've had to disclose all the ingredients because they've had to change they've had to change it because they've had to disclose the ingredients and the dye that they used to use has been banned. I mean, loads yeah. of people used to say there was caraful red in there, but I don't know. It, it was different in the nineties. It used to stain your buckets red, but it doesn't do that. It, I mean, it didn't do that. It didn't do that before it was changed recently, but it still made your bait red. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, the good thing about the fact that they've disclosed the ingredients is that um, the guesswork they did as to what was in Robin Red was virtually right anyway. I mean, Robin Red's an expensive ingredient for what it is. It's basically bell peppers, paprika, a bit of vegetable oil, a bit of brown sugar, and a bit of red dye, and that's it. It's, you know, eight quid, eight quid a kilo for that's when you can get... Well, eight quid a kilo for, for that when I can get paprika for... What do I pay for paprika? And three pounds something a kilo. So, you know, it's it's quite expensive really for a bit of paprika and yeah. a bit of brown sugar. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I am thinking about just dropping it all all told or completely and just using paprika and a red dye. Um, because that's all the Robin Red Rock was anyway, apart from the brown sugar. But there wasn't loads of brown sugar in it. Yeah. Red dye? Would you use? <clears throat> well, I've, I'm, I've actually been using one now because um, the new, the new stuff, the new Robin Red. If I make shelf life baits out of it, which I do do, because I, I do make shelf life baits, um, they go brown after about fucking three months. So I've had to put a red dye in them for keeping red. Uh, I just use the bog standard 
red dye that you can get Ponso 4R. There is a few different ones you can get, but that Ponso 4R has been getting used for years, and it's it's food safe, so I'll just get that. What's the... Just going out on a limit. What's the dye-in red diesel? No idea. I wouldn't be surprised if it was that Ponso 4R, I'll be honest with you, because it's because cheap. I've been, I've been told from fairly good authority that that was the original dye-in in Robin Red. Robin Red? Mm. Yeah, it might, it might be. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Robin Red's a bit of a weird one, really, because it really did used to stain a white bucket red. If you, if you had, yeah. if you put two kilo Robin Red in a white bucket when I first started using it in the 90s, that bucket would go red, but that hasn't happened for years when I've had Robin Red. No, that's it. And then a lot of people talk about, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but is it the anis, anisinaxin? Anisinaxin. Yeah, that contact something, yeah. Yeah, which is similar to caraful red, I want to say. Yeah, but I yeah it is. It is. No, no, it is. It is. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's just like, a, it, it's a naturally occurring thing, that is. It's in shrimps and stuff. Um, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something that, people used to think was a big thing with Robin Red, but... And salmon. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit of a mystery ingredient, Robin Red is. I mean, it was quite cheap, wasn't it, years ago? And then, and then it just went just went a bit more expensive, but I think I used to pay about... I think I used to get it in one kilo bags for about four quid when I first started using it. I mean, if you want, to, if you want one kilo of Robin Red now, it's about 12 quid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I haven't bought it for a long time, if I'm honest. Mm. Mm. so i mean i think we're probably rounding off the podcast here and and those listeners that are listening in to create their own baits and one of those edges you could probably log off now um i'm going to ask dean a bit of a taboo question like talk us like let's say i'm and this is just me like having a normal conversation with you Talk me through your range. Let's say if I if I wanted to use your range, I know I mentioned I was using Kenny Gates bait earlier, but I'm uh, I'm definitely not limited to one bait. I can use more than one bait. Talk me through through your range, mate. You've mentioned the the fish meal. You've mentioned the, yeah. the super well, orange. You I mentioned sh- the the or, the bright orange bait. So it's, yeah. talk, talk me through the range. Uh, the, the baits that I sell at the moment, I sell two fish meal baits. Um, the biggest selling bait that I sell is called the Super Orange. That's just basically a spicy fish meal bait, HMV style job. Uh, I mean, I would say it was a superb bait, but it really is a superb bait. It's caught loads of fish. Uh, I also sell another fish meal bait that's um, a HMV bait, and that's the oldest bait that I've come up with. I made that bait in 1996 call that the Wedgwood mix because that's the water that I made it on uh, and that really is a basic HMV fish meal bait that's just low temperature fish meal robin red or whatever I'm using now uh, bit of seaweed two milk proteins but at good levels 20% milk proteins a bit of soya a bit of samo uh, and a spicy flavour well, that, that's a real simple bait but it's a good catcher uh, so that's the two fish meal baits. Uh, I sell the Red Devil, uh, which is a Robin Red or, well, Kingfisher Red I'm using at the moment. Uh, bird food, absolutely loaded with bird food, 50% bird foods, yeast in there, a uh, bit of whey pro, all the rest of it. Uh, fruity attractors, that's got the orange oil in. 
Uh, it's got a strawberry oil in as well. And then there's the HXB, which is uh, the one with the most milk proteins in, and that's like a bun spice bait. Um, that's the most expensive bait that I sell. Uh, that's got a good track record of big fish, but it doesn't get used much anymore. And then there's the the nut baits that are just made more for demand more than anything else. But to be honest with you, I've been using it this year and uh, caught a few decent. I mean, it's caught plenty of fish that has, but uh, I was never big on the on the nut baits. I, I made that more for the I'm, that's the only bait that I made for the customer and not for myself. Uh, but that's not a bad bait. I mean, you know, nut baits are nut baits. They've all mm-hmm. most of them have just got peanut meal and a bit of tag and whatever. But that's same again because because I am big on the baits being nutritional, not just for the catching steaks, but for the benefit of the fish. That's got that's got maize protein in it, whey pro, yeast, uh, various other things. Uh, and then there's these two new baits that I started making last year that are basically just uh, spin-offs from from impact pop-ups that I've been making for years. The Scoberry Twist, which is orange. And then the mulberry and creams, which is white, and yeah, all catch, you know. So yeah, that's 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 basically the, the lot that I do. Um, and the prices start from uh, seventy quid for ten kilo to seventy-five, so it's just five quid more expensive for the the baits that have got more milk proteins in. Let, let's say you could only use one of your baits for the rest of your life. Which one would you choose? I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really want to have to do that, but I'd probably say the super orange. Yeah. And that's your original bait, isn't it? That's the one you've been sort of rolling from day one. Am I right in well, saying that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the oldest bait in the range is the Wedgwood mix, but, um, the super orange is, it's, it's a more up-to-date fish meal, if you like. There's no pre-digested fish meal in the Wedgwood mix because I'd never even heard of it in 1996. So, um, fish meals are good baits, aren't they? I don't know, really. I mean, the mad thing is, I think I've actually caught more of my big fish on the the Red Devil, the bird food bait, than any of the other baits. But it's, there's lots of factors involved, isn't it? I mean, it depends where you're fishing at the time and all the rest of it. I've caught decent fish on all of them, so... And and the customers have caught decent fish on all of them. I don't I don't think I've I don't think I've got a bait that's that hasn't caught oh yeah, I've got a couple of baits that haven't caught fish over forty pound but in this country, but they've all caught big fish. I mean our class of theaties are big fish, they've all caught theaties. The the red devil, what obviously it's got bird food in it. What else has it got in it that you can that you're able to tell us about? The red devil. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as I say, it's just it's just a high bird food bait. It's fifty uh, percent mixed bird foods, um, a bit of whey protein concentrate, spices. Uh, the calf milk that I use. Well, yeah, it's only got the one spice in from the from the Robin Red. Okay. Um, bit of ma- bit of maize protein, yeast. Um, I always put a bit of soya in all my baits. I quite like soya flour, so that goes in every bait of mine. See, pretty. I mean, that's another thing. You, that's another thing. You'll hear various people like saying they don't like soya flour. Well, I actually quite like it. I think it's, it's not yeah. a bad ingredient. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I, I have I have read people saying that they think soya flour is a waste of time at our levels, but 
averages at twenty five percent in various baits and bingo catches. You've got, to be, you've got to be careful if you you've got to be careful with Sawyer if you haven't got too much other too many strong binders in there, it can make the bait go soft a bit too quick. There's there's quite a few different Sawyer meals out on the market though, isn't there? Yeah, there is, yeah. I mean I, I've always I've always used uh full full fat Sawyer. I use true Sawyer, I do. Um I've used other ones, but I use true Sawyer at the minute. Um yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you can get the micronized soya and all the rest of it, but they're not quite as good for making There's bases. loads. There's loads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I use that Danish one. I use the Danish one, the Alpha Soy, uh, which is 53% protein. Uh, obviously, you can get the isolates and that, but, yeah, there's uh, there's quite a few different soya products, yeah. yeah. There's nothing alpha about using soy. Look at Pete. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> interesting. I mean... Dean, like, I think we need to uh, probably need to round this podcast up. Thank you so much yeah, well, for coming back on. I appreciate, by the way, we have hammered you with questions and um, and and asked you the hard questions, which I know you don't want to answer, but uh, nonetheless, you you rose to the equation uh, to the occasion, and uh, you um, you pulled through. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Enjoyed it again. Uh, hopefully, mate, I'll. Uh... Have a fish by morning. Will be nice. Yeah, you've not had one yet. What's going on? No. Well, yeah, but yeah, but the good thing is that young Liam, who's on the lake, who has bait <laughs> off me, uh, he's in peg three, which is about two hundred yards at the bank from me, and he's caught the only fish that's come out today on my bait, the super oh, orange, yeah. and it was and it was a PB for him because he's not very old, Liam, and he he only had his first twenty about. Oh. Uh, he, he had his first twenty about six weeks ago on one of my pop-ups now he's just had a new pb today 23 pounds so yeah what bait was well, he using super orange super orange he was using the ground bait as well because i bought him some ground bait up today and i said to him get get some of that in a bag get oh. some liquid on it and that's he banged it out and he's had a 23 so good man 23 pound yeah happy days yeah yeah he's had a 23 pounder yeah good man well done liam so he's happy and you never know there's plenty there's plenty more in here bigger than that so he might he might uh, he might break his pb twice in one session that'd be nice Definitely. right chaps I'll, I'll let you go bed eh yeah Dean thank you so much mate yeah it's been good being on again guys thanks very yeah. much part yeah. three I reckon yeah no worries thanks right. a lot Dean Good night, mate right. Dean cheers